And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. In person. Kellen and Alex show in person, baby. It has been way too long. This has been, what, five, six months months since we've been in person. You are listening to the Kellen and Alex show live from Steubenville, Ohio, the great Franciscan University. The Kellen and Alex show, the one and only, your guiding light in these dark (laughs) times. Uh, We have, there's there's too much. Too much. Your source of truth, man. Your guiding light, your source of truth. Uh, speaking of dark times, we've just finished the, uh, Democrat national convention. We're now on the Republican national convention and you couldn't have two more polar opposite. Um, let's just say approaches to how to approach America. Um, DNC was almost completely, uh, America's evil. America's bad. America's, you know, uh, and Joe Biden's the one who's going to fix it. Oh boy. Um, although he didn't really talk that much, it was everyone around him. And then you had just such a pro-America RNC, which I don't know if you've seen too much of it. Um, Multiple speakers. There was um, there was this one black man. What was his name? He was, I forget what his name was, um, but he said, you can't, like, I'm not going to vote. Like, if Joe, like Joe Biden, the whole thing he said about, you know, if you're, you ain't, if you're, you ain't voting for me if you're not black or something like that, right? What was that? What he said? I forget what he said. Yeah, if you don't if you vote don't for, vote me, for me, he ain't black. Yeah, well, he would. This um, African American guy on the stage, he was like, you know, you can't tell me just because if I'm black, I can't vote for you, or you know, like just the way I want to vote. You know what I mean? And just so like, it's been crazy. I mean, I you know, for me, the DNC didn't offer any solutions. Like, I was just looking at some of it, and it's like. These guys, they're just going to downgrade America. They're going to destroy it. Like, it's just, that's plain and simple. And like you said, the whole RNC with Trump and everybody else, you know, Trump is going to accept the nomination tonight. And basically just what he was talking about and just different speakers, they were, you know, talking just about, you know, how we can make America greater you know, make America great again, keep America great. Just, you know, keep the train rolling, keep the Trump train rolling because it's been going so well so far and the trump train it's like it's not a difficult one it's just he's he's just a great marketer he knows that people want to vote for someone who's going to say america's great and it's not that complicated it's america's great i'm going to make it better we're going to have the best economy we're going to have the best stuff like that's a lot more attractive a position just from a marketing perspective than america's garbage and systemically racist and we have to like raise everything to the ground it's true well you know the thing about the dnc and the rnc is that the DNC is just like trying to intimidate right now. I mean, they're not offering any good solutions. They're saying so many evil things about America. Well, you know, the RNC is trying to say, hey, let's work together as a nation and try to build us up better. You know, I know we're having, you know, every country has its own problems, but we have a lot of problems too. But that doesn't mean that we should dwell on the evil things about our country. We want to do better. We want to focus on better. And that's everything that the RNC is doing. And Trump has such a positive message about America, and he has the track record of what he's done and the economy. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's just it's crazy how we can have the Obama era where things are kind of stagnating. Uh, America on the global scale is already starting to lose things to China. Um, and you have Trump putting tariffs, being hard on China, and we're seeing the economic boom. And then now they're trying to 
you know, with with Corona, it's it's gone down again. And now they're trying to blame him uh, for the economy tanking. But like it's I mean, Bill Clinton said it back in the day. It's the economy, stupid. Right. It's if you if you have a good economy, you're going to get reelected. And uh, he's bringing it back. You know, there's been a lot of federal stimulus. There's been a lot of federal uh, checks, lots of money from um, the Federal Reserve. So I, I, I think if the economy really gets going before November, we're seeing like people returning back to work and, and then, you know, it could be a landslide for Trump. It, I think for sure. I mean, the thing about this is, you know, we have the first presidential debate on September 29th in Cleveland, Ohio. So about a month from now. And I'm excited to see that because Trump is just going to absolutely destroy Joe Biden. I mean, it's going to be bad. You know, in the movie or in the book, The Iliad, when Achilles just destroys everybody and he literally has this one line that it's kind of graphic, but I'm just going to say because it literally I think it's when it's going to happen. Like Achilles, uh, I forget where he is, but he's just like destroying, killing everybody. And he goes, you know, if it weren't for. If I had some, you know, if I didn't have any mercy, I would eat your flesh raw. (laughs) (laughs) Trump Trump is going to go in there and eat Biden's flesh raw. It's going to be absolute murdering. It is. It's going to be that. It's not going to be pretty. I mean, Joe Biden can't even speak in public. He makes so many mistakes. Trump has been mocking him this whole time. I'd mock him, too. He wants to destroy America. So, I mean, you do whatever you do to gain advantage. But, you know, Trump is telling the truth right now and that Joe Biden, he is not mentally or physically prepared to become president of the United States. My He's mental gonna, f- f- fit, my mental fit, my he, physical my, fit. My, Did my, you see that? You know, he can't, can't formulate words. He's bipolar, has dementia. He's so messed up in so many ways. And then, you know, if he gets elected, which I highly doubt, He's probably going to die in office and then Kamala's going to come up and just destroy everything. Right. Kamala wants to raise taxes, support abortion like we've never seen before. They want to raise taxes by billions of dollars. It doesn't work. We've tried it. You know, it's like the capitalistic society. The Republicans really support that, but we want small businesses. We you know, small businesses are really what fuel fuel the economy in the United States. We want that. We want limited government. We want less regulations because it allows them to thrive. Under the Obama administration, my parents had so many more restrictions on their business and they're just handcuffed. And, you know, Trump comes in and cuts all the regulations and they thrive. They do better. The the Democrats, they just have their ideas are just so screwed up. It doesn't make any sense. They just it won't work. And Trump's been in office for four years now. The United States has been one of the best countries in terms of many things and leading the world in many things because of him and his brilliant business mind. Right. What it's going to look like. Yeah. And small business, like they've been hurting all across the country. And um, I was just watching another video from uh, Portland. It's a YouTuber, all gas, no brakes. And it's some really just, uh, he just interviews whoever's on the street and it's in Portland and they're still burning down stuff. And there's this one, um, this one lady who's just outside of this burning building. She's like, I came out here to support, you know, the movement, but now what, what am I supposed to do? They're burning buildings. <laughs> okay. So the recent one, which was big problem, uh, Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake. Okay. So Wisconsin. I don't know the whole story, Wisconsin, um, from the video that we got. So, um, he had a warrant out for his arrest and I think it was under uh, sexual assault. Um, and so, 
The police come and try and get him. Uh, he's not obeying police orders. Uh, the police draw their guns and he walks back to his SUV truck and opens the door and starts to reach inside and they shoot him. And he doesn't die. He takes seven bullets. He goes to the hospital and he's still alive. But there's been tons of riots in that city in, in Wisconsin because of it. Well, Trump just offered his <clears throat> help for the National Guard uh, to go in there in Wisconsin. Look, here's the thing. In any situation, I mean, especially right now, since tensions are so high, if a man, you know, walks back to his car and puts his hand in the car, a cop is probably thinking that he's going to pull out a gun or something. So what should a cop do in that situation? You play it safe by shooting him i mean i guess like i mean if you think (laughs) about it like it's the only way that yeah that's how you're gonna literally play it safe is you try to just i mean what else are you gonna do so you guys who are listening you can look this up youtube or other places i don't know how much you'll find that is you know completely explicit but I, i remember seeing um videos of cops pulling over people and like they get out of their car and one of the telltale signs of they possibly have a gun is they go back to the car, reach in the car. I saw a video. It was a police officer pulled over. Uh, he was a Marine vet, but he's an older guy. But he was driving a truck, pulled him over. The vet gets out of the car and starts yelling at the police officer and starts pointing at him and all this stuff, saying crazy stuff. Police officer gets out of the car. He's feeling threatened. Uh, he tells the man, like, stop, whatever. He did, hadn't drawn his gun yet. And eventually it, it comes to it. He draws his gun. He's pointing the gun at the vet. The vet goes back in his car, grabs a rifle. The guy still doesn't shoot him. And the vet turns around and shoots the cop and then gets back in his car and leaves. Like there's lots of stories that because you don't know as a cop if that guy has a gun in his car and if he's reaching in the car. That's another thing they tell you if you get pulled over. Make sure you have your stuff with you because if you're, it's late at night and you're reaching over your body to get something, you could just grab a gun and shoot the cop right right then. That's what hap- happens more than we think. Right. And, you know, for a cop to... I don't blame the cop for doing that. I, I How can you possibly blame him? Because if he thinks that he's pulling out a gun, he can take the gun and just shoot the cop. And right. so what are you going to do? Throw a stick at him? I mean, what... So the thing that we have... The thing that you look at is, was that the best thing to do? I don't know, but what else, the thing is, is what else can you do? That's the thing. What else can you do? You can't really do anything else. You can try to shoot him in the leg to hurt him, but I don't exactly know. Did they shoot him in the chest or where? Oh, there was a bunch of cops. They shot him seven times. And once he was on the ground, um, then they came up and they got him an ambulance and they got him out of there and, and they're, they're rioting and all this stuff against a guy who's committed sexual assault, had a warrant for his arrest, didn't obey police orders, and then reached in his car, and now they're burning stuff in the city. I think it's just, it's gone beyond the point of reason in in the sense of the the protest or whatever. They almost instantly go to rioting and looting, and the pretense for that is another black man killed and viral video went. But none of it is related to let's peacefully protest for a certain amount of change. It's we want all police officers to cease to exist, which, by the way, means the destruction of government I mean, in this country. If we're going to have a government, you have to have police to enforce it. Uh, so they, they literally want anarchy and they'll just go loot Target and grab a bunch of T-shirts and uh, TVs and stuff. And then somehow that's going to further the cause of 
uh, <laughs> of, I don't know, Black Lives Matter, whatever their, their agenda is. Well, you know, a big thing for me is, uh, you know, the other day I was in, and it's, it's like the concept of, of respect. So like the other day I was in Pittsburgh and I was hanging out with, uh, Mark Anthony actually came over and, nice. um, you know, we were driving, we were kind of, you know, hanging out for the day and we see this cop pull up next to us and we were just both at a stop sign and, you know, we start talking to him because, and just, we don't, you know, we just want to talk to a cop, you know, be nice. The nicest cop I've ever met. Great guy. I, I said to him, I'm sorry that you guys are taking all this crap at this nonsense. And he's like, well, somebody has got to take it. And like, you know, that's, that's the thing is people don't have any respect anymore. People think that just because another cop shot a black man, didn't kill him, by the way, that you said, right? Mm. So shot a black, shot a black man. And automatically they think that every cop is evil, you know? And so you can't reason with that. That's the thing is you can't reason with things like that. How are you supposed to tell those rioters and looters in Wisconsin right now? To, how do you, you know, tell them to, hey, calm down? You know, this was... This was another thing that happened. Maybe you don't know the full story. If he reaches back in his car, that should be enough for people anyways. Yeah. If, if it was a white knew, guy, it would have been, it would have been the same thing. Would have shot guy, him. Yeah. And, yeah. and there wouldn't be any. Okay. So have you seen the new footage that came out? We, we did, did we do a podcast on it? Maybe John and I did, but the, the, the footage for the George Floyd. Yeah. We did a, that we, our first 30 minutes. We the talked about The additional footage that got leaked. So if you guys haven't looked this up, uh, Daily Mail uh, it got leaked to dailymail.co, which is a UK um, uh, newspaper. But they got footage from somebody was on the uh, the trial for you know Derek Chauvin and the four officers, and they gave them all the body cam footage, right? So the only footage we got was you know the the person who was holding the camera while Derek Chauvin was on George Floyd's neck. There was a ton of other body cam footage that wasn't you know released to the public originally. Well. In that additional body cam footage, you see about 15 minutes of George Floyd pretty much looking like he's out of his mind on drugs and completely not complying with any police order to do anything for 15 minutes straight. And then when uh, <laughs> uh, they eventually get him to the police car after 10 minutes of trying to get him there and he won't like get buckled or, or sit in. And so they they pull him out of the car. And at that point, he's resisted arrest for 15 minutes. And that's the point when he's on the ground. And throughout the video, he's saying, even before he's on the ground, I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. He says it five different occasions before he's on the ground. And then they get him on the ground and the neck restraint, he's on his neck. Uh, and he's able to talk. He's able to breathe. He's able to whatever. Well, not able to breathe. able to breathe stuff, right? So they found out that he had uh, lethal doses of fentanyl and methamphetamine in his system uh, in the autopsy, so <laughs> which can cause cardiopulmonary uh, distress. And you couple that with the fact that you're getting pulled over by a cop and you're you're high on stuff. That's going to really exacerbate the situation. So there's 15 minutes of context that is completely removed from that video that that went viral that caused the protest. We did a podcast on it. And we were like, yeah, there's no way you can excuse this. We thought it was just a closed and shut. Derek Chauvin's on his neck. Therefore, he killed him. It totally wasn't. And I think this is the problem with this viral video uh, age we live in with media is you get a 10 second clip, you get a minute clip, something like that. And then that is proof that these four officers were evil, wrong, should be convicted of first degree murder. 
you know, it's that's another point, like you said, that I want to bring up is, especially with the media, is that we have, there's so many different occasions where you have the same event, but there's just, like you said, videos are elongated or, you know, they're shorter or there's different views. So we're seeing different things. Sometimes in these situations, things are let out like a week later that show a completely different side to the story. So you're like, what the heck are we supposed to believe? That's the problem is that the controlling part of the media, they send out certain things of the videos when we didn't even know, the general public didn't even know that there was so much more footage that eventually got leaked. Yeah. But we don't, the problem is they don't, according to their political belief or their side or whatever, you you know, whatever you want to call it, they'll put out a certain, you know, a type of, a video according to that event that will kind of push their agenda out there. Yeah. And it'll do the damage. They won't like those four officers, you know, if they get acquitted and mark my words on this, because with that context of the video, I, after rewatching it again, it's pretty clear that the cops did what they had to do to, to try and arrest George Floyd and, and, and bring him in. And he was completely, not obeying orders for for 15 minutes and then they restrain them and they call an ambulance for and they him. won't show that and That's they won't the they won't show they that won't, part they won't of show it. you the what the what damage happened. is already done yeah. that the leak came three weeks after all this stuff damage was done there's protests all over the Who place they're still it? protesting uh but no one knows it's literally uh, uh, like a win- it's a windows computer and there's somebody who's holding their phone and is recorded it on their phone and then sent it over their phone because they didn't get the original file and it's somebody who's on the trial who leaked it because they probably thought this is worth the public knowing which by the way they technically could get prosecuted for because they're leaking stuff without the court's approval but i mean if they if they they probably on the trial thought oh my goodness this has completely changed my opinion on this thing and that's the reason why they leaked it and good for them um but did it get coverage no and the damage was already done because with the news cycle and people's uh, how this this national news stuff, it goes all you know. Everyone hears about it and then it goes away. It, it well, people make their judgment based on what's there, right? What's there? Yeah. I don't know if you remember. This may be fairly unrelated, but the Johnny Depp stuff with his crazy uh, ex-wife, yeah, he divorced, right? Yeah, yeah. So she came out and said that he was like abusing her and all this type of stuff, and and was cheating on her or something, something really weird, for like the longest time. And he didn't really say much and they went to court and everyone thought Johnny Depp's like this worst guy ever. Well, it turned out she was abusing him throughout all this stuff. Yeah. But the damage had already been done about Johnny Depp that he was this bad guy and all this stuff because people just don't have the time to wait to make the judgment. They just want to make the judgment and move on with their lives in this national stuff, right? So they'll just, George Floyd, they'll see the neck restraint. They'll say that man... Killed. I mean, we did it. <laughs> we said this. We're gonna admit one of our faux pas here on air. Yeah. Um, but we that was the information we had. Yeah. You, you can't blame us for just trying to judge what we saw. Yeah. We're, we're we're talking about it, so we we had to make a decision. But man, I mean, what an what an age we live in where we can completely destroy someone extrajudicially in an instant with one video. I mean, those four men have their lives completely destroyed. And we'll never probably get hired anywhere, whatever else. Um, and I think they're going to get acquitted. And I think they're going to end up with a world of hurt because everyone in the world is going to be coming after them. Uh, <laughs> and I think we're going to see riots that will just far outstrip the riots that we've currently seen. Well, you know, that's another point that I wanted to bring up is that this just 
it's fueled by hatred. I mean, there's so many, it's beyond reason. And that's the biggest problem is that these things now are beyond reason. How quickly did those riots start in Wisconsin? That event happened right away. It started just flying. Happened an hour later, happened, targets on fire. <laughs> everything was because people are waiting for an instant to, first of all, get it Trump. They want to start all these things. And you know what people say? There's, I believe it says in the Constitution that you cannot bring in the military, right, to, um, you know, stop violence. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in terms of him, you know, bringing the National Guard, people hate that. People get so mad that he brings it in. He's just trying to stop the stuff. What else are you going to do? Are you going to send Trump in there on his own and, you know, try to set up a little podium <laughs> up there and say, hey, you know, riders, please stop. No, Dude, I saw a video today in, in Wisconsin where it was a police officer and they were trying to like go back to their car and someone threw a brick at his head. Yeah. And he hit the ground. That's what people will do because that's what they want to do to Trump. Man. So, <laughs> they're so enraged in hatred just because of everything, whatever excuse they can get. And that's the problem is that people don't think people don't think because of this whole George Floyd thing. And what was this guy's name? Uh, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Something like that. They're so fueled by hatred that they can't be reasoned with. And you, and all your sudden, you're, all you're seeing now People jumping up, pushing against fences, kicking cars, burning stuff. It's absolute anarchy. And Joe Biden, people don't know it. And Kamala Harris, people don't know it. They support that. They want that to happen. It shows you how stupid the DNC is and the candidates. How stupid do you have to be to vote for Joe Biden? You have to be just stupid. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I wonder, like, maybe you're just in a bad... I, it seems like such a depressing worldview and it such is. a depressing, like you got to be in kind of a, a weird America's so bad and I'm going to be an ally to this great movement and oh my gosh and all this type of stuff. Like uh, the freaking uh, <laughs> freaking Seattle Mariners yesterday wouldn't play the Padres because, uh, well, because they're chickens and they don't want to get whooped. Yeah, that's true. Us. Alex but, is from San Diego. But, we got a Padres All right, here. Machado Tatis. I mean, you're going to beat them. <laughs> But anyways, they wouldn't play. They're protesting because um, because of the 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 uh, Jacob Blake stuff, which the the guy reached into his car after disobeying, not not uh, not doing what the police were saying, and reached into his car possibly for a gun, although it wasn't a gun. And they shot him, and he's alive. And you're going to protest. You who are getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball yep. are going to not play a baseball game because of that. Yep. This is like the Black Lives Matter stuff has completely engulfed all of these public corporations. They're all the if you if you remember, this started with the gay pride stuff, right? Where where all these companies for Gay Pride Month or whatever was all rainbow gay homo stuff, and now. <laughs> And now they're all Black Lives Matter stuff and they think they're so woke and crap and like they're a bunch of allies and they're losing viewership by the day. See, that's the problem. You know, and the, another thing I want to bring up, this, this, like you said, the big corporations, the sports companies. I hate the fact that they have Black Lives Matter on the NBA courts. I hate that. You know what it should say? It should say all lives matter. And you know, here's the problem. Why, tell me why a sports industry or the sports industry would bring that in to the sports in America. We have sports because we love sports. That doesn't mean that we should bring politics into it. If I was the NBA commissioner, I would say you're going to take that black lives matter stuff off right now because the BLM movement is a terrorist movement. And I will, conf I will stand by that. 
liberal Democrats are going to say, oh, you're so mean towards black people. No, I'm just saying that your movement is BS, that it's based on violence and hatred. If you want to do something, why don't you look at Martin Luther King Jr.? See what he did. Peacefully protested in the streets and the impact that he made. Uh, in the video, okay, you guys should look it up. All gas, no breaks. He was interviewing people in Wisconsin. And one of the things they said is MLK did peaceful protest and it didn't work. And now we're doing what yep. he didn't do. Yep. They lit. I'm not joking. You guys can look up this video. These, these, you know, these people looting Target, thinking they're doing it in support of the African-Americans in some way. Uh, <laughs> they literally said what MLK did didn't work. He got assassinated. Peaceful protest is not part of the option anymore. Looting yep. Target's going to show it to the man. Yep. And it's going to somehow solve racism. And like you're saying, the DNC and the Democrats are completely, they, they like this. They want they this. Love they love it. They think this is real. Now, maybe not every, and I don't want to place it on everyone in, in the Democrat Party, but the squad, AOC, you know, Somalia, uh, what's her face? And all these other people, they are they're they're jumping up and down. They're thinking this is the 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 woke parade has come to loot all your stores and rob all your banks and stuff. Yep. And um and now they have co-opted the whole Democrat agenda and the party platform. That's the scariest part of this whole thing, right? It's it's not that Joe Biden's dementia ridden and can barely formulate a sentence. It's not the fact that um you know, it's just kind of, a, it was a lame DNC, you know, there wasn't much going on. It's not all that stuff. The scary part of this is the radicalization of that whole party platform. It's it's way different than any other Democrat, whatever ticket we've ever seen. And they've shown time and time again that they don't love the country, which is like, that's one of the precursors to, you want to enter government and try and make things better? Why not love the country that you're trying love to the serve? the country first and see, you know, that'll go. Thing is like, you know, we have, over the course of American history, we've had many movements. And the ones that work, the ones that people really will respect and will go through and hopefully make a change for the future are the ones that provide a common ground for everybody and peacefully are conducted, are conducted peacefully. BLM. I was in Fort Collins, Colorado on the way over here. And we, we stayed there and I stayed there for like four days because I was just you know taking a break from the trip over. And apparently I was there on a Saturday, but I wasn't in that spot. In front of the police station, there were people um, holding up signs that were saying we support our police, you know, all these all this great stuff. BLM people come in and they start fist fighting them, start punching, start rioting. Here's the problem. You know, people love the statement that BLM is just a, that people love the fact that it's violent. That's the problem is that so many people think this is a beautiful thing because we're getting our point across in violence. Two black cops were killed from BLM protesters. Two black cops, many white, killed. four killed. killed. They killed two African-American police officers. Is that not enough? What more do you want? I mean, if you're going to try it, if you're going to say that black lives matter, and you just killed two cops, it invalidates your entire movement. So the problem is people don't understand that their that per protest should be conducted peacefully. People don't get that because they think that it's going to do nothing. And so, you know, probably half of the BLM pro protesters don't even know who Martin Luther King Jr. was. They're stupid. And, you know, it's just, 
It's a terrorist movement. I fully support that statement. That is a terrorist movement. And it is. And so many liberals will get triggered for that because, you know, they got their feelings hurt like they always do. And so, if you don't approve of it, and this is the thing, I don't know if you saw the the Goodyear tire leak or whatever, um, but <laughs> that makes it that makes it funny. It makes it sound like a flat tire. But the Goodyear <laughs> tire, so Goodyear, the company, uh, somebody within their company released a screen, uh, a picture of one of their um, like meetings at the higher ups in Goodyear that basically said you can wear Black Lives Matter stuff, like showing your support and all that stuff, but any Trump merch is completely banned. Yep. Right. And that's kind of that is that is the corporate culture because cancel culture is exclusively left. Right. And this is something that we've known for a while. Right. So uh, we were talking about this back in the day when Alex Jones got banned. This was back even in 2017. Right. So I I don't agree with Alex Jones on a lot of stuff. I find him funny. He's hilarious. If you listen to his show, this is like his transitions and stuff. It'll be like Darth Vader music. And all of a sudden be like, Bill Gates is trying to bring you in with wearing masks and coronavirus and all this stuff. It's great. It's just fun. Well, you know, he has some crazy stuff. He said some stuff on Sandy Hook that got him canceled, right? Because he was questioning whether Sandy Hook could possibly have been staged in order to bring about assault weapon stuff. He was questioning it. He didn't affirm it. He thought, well, maybe this is a possibility. Now, the United States committing terrorism on its own citizens is something that was uh, was proved to be a plan. So, so I, I should back up. Operations Northwoods, which you should look up, it was a plan submitted to Kennedy to do acts of domestic terrorism by the CIA against the American people to support a war with Cuba and blame it on the Cubans. It was a legitimate plan signed by the Joint Chief of Staff of the United States to President Kennedy, and he rejected it. It was declassified uh, a year before 9-11. Um, so Jones and, you know, the Sandy Hook stuff, uh, he was saying, you know, what if this was staged and or, what if this is someone within the government who's doing this in order to get a full assault weapons ban? Now, he said that, and then some crazy people who listened to him went and started harassing the families of the Sandy Hook people, and it was a bad thing, and, and, and he apologized for it and all that stuff. Well, what happened out of all of that is Apple, YouTube, Google, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of them banned him from their platform. It was something like we've never seen before. And I don't, I don't know if you remember Count Dankula before him, uh, before Alex Jones. Uh, that's a whole nother story. But Alex Jones, uh, he, he came after, he got completely banned. He said he was at something like 43 million people were subscribed to his podcast on on Apple, right? So that's a few mi- million less than we have on Apple right now. But, um, <laughs> but he, all those got immediately erased. All his previous episodes immediately re- erased. Uh, Facebook can't be on it. Twitter can't be on it. Uh, I think we talked last time about the, the QAnon ban, which recently happened. Uh, so QAnon is a, uh, another conspiracy theory. But uh, it's basically saying that there is a worldwide human trafficking uh, money scheme going on globally, and that there's a ton of it in the United States, which, by the way, human sex trafficking is a real problem in the United States. I think we're one of the major, uh, it's, it's one of the worst in, in, in the United States. I mean, we, we know with the Epstein stuff and, and other things, Jelaine Maxwell is now in, in, in federal prison in New York right now, right? So QAnon is uh, basically that Trump was elected to expose and arrest the global human trafficking rings that's, that are going on. And he's waiting for Operation Storm when all this stuff will happen. And actually, a reporter asked Trump, 
at one of the press conferences, like, what do you think of QAnon? And they're saying you're part of this taking down global pedophiles and stuff like that. And you said, I don't know. Does that sound like a bad thing? Oh, yeah. There <laughs> you said, go. Does he that said, sound see- like a bad thing? No. Yeah. So, and and it was it was really funny. The QAnon people thought it was a big hint at them or something like that. He's definitely heard of them before, but he wanted to make it seem as though, you know, um, he said, you know, I'm trying to help the world and trying to help things. But anyways, QAnon all on Twitter, any account associated with QAnon or posting about QAnon or whatever else, banned from Twitter. Facebook, the same. YouTube videos, you can't search it. And one of the things YouTube does is if your video um, doesn't like fit with their whatever, they won't let you search for it. Hmm. So there's a, a video on YouTube uh, about Bill Gates, a Bill Gates documentary. It's a two-hour documentary on, on the fact that Bill Gates basically owns the global health industry. And it's really, we, we should talk about it, but you can't YouTube search the video because what they do is they just bury it within like 50 pages. So YouTube does that censorship, but it's a left thing. They don't do that to the anarchist, to the communist that are on YouTube. They, they only do it exclusively to people they deem far right or conspiracy theorist or whatever else. That's the cancel culture is the left. Well, it goes against your First Amendment right, the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression. I mean, the problem is, is we have these huge companies that are so liberal minded left that they will literally go on their platform and ban people who have an opinion. How can you ban somebody that has can have a valid opinion? Carrie's looking at me right now laughing in the background. <laughs> Can't ban us. Can't ban us. I, I think if we did have 50 million viewers, I'm sure we'd get banned at some point. We'd say something stupid. But no worries. We have 50,000 viewers here in Studentville. There you we? go. Um, no, yeah. It's this censorship stuff. I mean, we've known this for a while. It's, it's part of this. And, and what's funny, they'll accuse Trump and these others as being authoritarian. And they're the ones who are trying to cancel people like that freaking um, <laughs> that announcer for uh, that Napier's, hockey team or Grant Napier for the Sacramento Kings. He, he said, said all, lives all he said, somebody baited him on it in, in Twitter because uh, the guy literally was like, hey, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? Right. And the Napier just tweets back all lives matter. He immediately got fired. It shows you. Um, well, OK, first of all, he didn't have any. Didn't have any luck going for him because it's Sacramento Kings, you know. So it's liberal. It's California. That has a pro- probably a part in it. But people get so offended. I took crap on Instagram today when I when somebody said on the court, "Oh, you know, you see on the court it says Black Lives Matter on like the NBA courts and stuff." Mm-hmm. I posted it's. I posted it should say All Lives Matter. Somebody re- commented on that. Re- they said, um, "Kellen Lake must be nice." And I was like, okay, do you think I have white privilege? You think uh, that I'm just saying that because I love white people? Here's where he went wrong, Colin Lake. You're on social media. <laughs> social media. Well, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but it's literally like there's so many people who are just such they get, garbage. They get pissed when you say ev- every life matters. I mean, people are just so stupid. They think that They think that literally saying every life matters is evil. They think that's evil. So if you t- if you say to those people who support Black Lives Matter, would you say, do you think abortion is evil? Do you think abortion? If you support Black Lives Matter, do you support black babies getting killed? Do you support that? You should ask them that question. You support abortion because they probably kill hundreds of thousands of black babies. So if you support Black Lives Matter, you better not support abortion in any way because you're going against your own movement. That's the, just ri- the ridiculousness I'm talking about. 
people don't understand these problems in society. They think that being fueled by rage, by hatred, is going to solve things. It never solves anything. Violence is not the answer. People don't get that. And, you know, we're going to see soon enough when Trump is reelected, and he will be reelected, people are just, they're going to eventually quit because they're going to say, we've, we've had enough with Trump in four years. We're just, we're going to give up. Next, do whatever you want the next four <laughs> years because he's just, he just beats him every time. Yeah. He's always winning. There's such a cult and ideological dynamic to this whole cancel culture, woke culture, whatever. If you don't accept the full doctrine, Right. If you don't accept abolish police, if you don't accept America systemically racist, you're not on their side. You can't just give them an inch. Right. I don't know if you saw in Portland, the the mayor came out and was trying to like appease people like, yeah, we'll make some reforms and stuff. And they're yelling like, will you defund the police and all this stuff? And he's like, "Uh, no. And then they, they start throwing crap at him and he has to leave. Like if you don't meet all the ideological positions, you're not an ally. Yep. You're just someone who's in the way. And if you and and. Once again, I recommend that video, All Gas, No Breaks, the Portland protesters. He asked them because he, he takes a clip from Tucker Carlson where Tucker Carlson says, you know, a thousand Joe Biden voters were out in Portland burning down stuff. And then the guy cuts back to the people and asks him about Joe Biden. They're like, yeah, Joe Biden doesn't represent us. He doesn't represent all our crazy positions. He's, you know, we hate Trump and stuff. So maybe we'll vote for Biden. But, uh, you know, Biden doesn't represent anarchy and stuff. But here's the thing is. Those type of people want Biden because there's a possibility that someone like Harris could could step in yep. or that, you know, the, the the squad can control Biden. Right. Going back to his his mental mental fitness, my mental, <laughs> mental <and> physical <laughs> fitness. We believe that, you know, just all, go back. All men are created. Uh, uh, the thing. How do you not Look, remember all men are created equal? I, I am in general against. Uh, going against someone's either like a presidential candidate's age or their their mental f- 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 fitness, but in general I'm against that. But in this situation, it's just so uh, it's so in your face. Um, if you just compare speeches that Joe Biden gave in like 2016, um, there's certain like uh, you know like graduation speeches that he gave at some university, or whatever. Like he's clear, he's coherent, sentences, whatever. I'll give it to him. He's a fine speaker. He's not fantastic. He's no Obama or Bill Clinton on speaking, but he's coherent. Then you compare that with you know him coming crawling out of his basement in 2020. It's just night and day. He's just really had a decline in in health. And look, it doesn't happen to everyone. Um, you know, it, it, Trump's doing fine. He's he's pretty old as well. But you know, some people they they have these dementia-like, I don't know, Alzheimer's memory stuff, and it's not to blame on him or whatever. But that has to be in consideration. And I'm just waiting for the debates. I mean, if these debates dude, end up happening, dude, we're we're gonna we're gonna have so much to talk about. I mean, my, the Kellen and Alex show, everybody, it is gonna be soaring. Let me let me let let me tell you guys, the next. Couple months, Kellen Alex show is going to be on fire. Yes, absolutely. Six to eight p.m. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be wild to see Trump, who's oh, at his oh. full powers. I I really have seen Trump grow in terms of speeches and like how he talks and the character of how he talks. Um, he's gotten a lot better at just presidential type speaking, even though he's definitely still Trump speaking. You know, <laughs> he's got his definite character. Um, he's, he's adjusted. I mean, he, he he's knows that, he, knows that it, yeah. he has to adjust because, you know, speaking to your company or something, speaking to your company is a lot different than speaking to the entire nation. Right. And he does. So the State of the Union is once a year. 
uh, I believe. And he does that so well. And th- there is this one time in the State of the Union where he said, uh, you know, America will not support the socialist idea or whatever. And they yep. do a close up of Bernie's face and he's just <laughs> sitting there like with his face just, you know, frowned thinking- down. His eyes look like he's in freaking Disneyland. He's thinking, I wonder if I left that wine bottle in my third house. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see the um did you see the Democratic debate? Uh most recent one with so Mike Bloomberg was running. Oh yeah. And he's Bloomberg. a billionaire. So yeah, Mike yeah. Bloomberg is a billionaire. Bernie said that he doesn't want to have billionaires. And Bloomberg was hilarious. He called him out on it. He says, Oh, look at the, you know, the society we live in where you have three houses and you're calling him. <laughs> it's literally half the time I'm watching Bernie Sanders. He's defending the fact that he has multiple houses. I know. And he's <laughs> like, socialist. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, and he's. It's all hip- hypocrisy. He, he took hypocrisy. his uh, honeymoon in, in the Soviet Union back in the day. It's just like, <laughs> I don't get it, man. How people can. He was legitimately, like I thought he might have had a chance at getting the nomination. And of course, Biden comes out and, you know. Uh, Biden comes in and just wrecks everybody, which I'm very thankful. I'm happy it's Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders because I think Bernie would have a better chance. Oh, that is pretty debatable. But I think that he, Bernie, you know, first of all, he can speak coherently. coherently. (laughs) Joe Biden can't do that. Joe Biden has so many messed up ideas. Bernie sucks and sucks too. But, you know, it's like. And now we got Kamala Harris as the running mate. Kamala Harris is. All right, Alex, you and I are from, we're from California, brother, but she, she's from California. She's Democratic Senator of California. She's probably the one of the worst human beings that lives on this planet right you now. You know how she got the attorney general spot in, in California? How'd she do it? She dated the governor. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a That's joke. That's how the Democrats work, this people. This isn't a joke. I mean, no, actually, it was the mayor of San Francisco, one of the governor. She dated him in order to get political power or whatever in political position and the guy admits it like uh, you know like uh, What's gonna that's how she originally got up and then continued her career and she became attorney general in California and by the way she prosecuted the Knights of Columbus she, she there, did I heard Knights about that there was a, 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 a I think it was a judge that was going to be approved and she was saying you're part of the Knights of Columbus and because you're part of the Knights of Columbus uh, we can't approve you because uh, they're they're a group that doesn't support um, women's rights and abortion. And it's like it's so that's the precedent. Ridiculous. And, and so she's evil. paired up with uh, the Catholic Joe Biden. I mean, <laughs> these people. How can how how do we have Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden being the self proclaimed Catholics? It's just it, it boggles the mind how they can say they're devout Catholics. I don't yeah. understand. Well, because they don't understand that they don't understand what Catholicism is. They don't understand what Catholicism supports. So the thing with like Kamala Harris is she just, I guarantee you she's hoping that Joe Biden dies in office. I, I, I seriously think that, that she might want that because she ultimately wants power. I know we're crazy. I'm pretty out there. I say a lot of crazy stuff, but that's something that I'm serious about. I seriously think that she wants Joe Biden to die in office. I think, I, I, I think people, if he won, I think because it could be she's as short as a month before it Joe Biden's be. just he can't, dead. He can't take all that pressure. He can't do it. Trump took it like a superstar. You know, Trump looks like he's 55 or 60. He's like 73. It's the spray tan, man. <laughs> spray tan. <laughs> I want his hair so bad. Just for like one day. I want his hair. I do so bad. My mullet never, I could never rock it with my mullet. 
But his hair is like the sexy 2.0. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I'll want that hair. hair. I'm Carrie's sure somebody, giving me a bad look. I'm sure somebody sells it. I'm sure somebody. Uh, I bet you get it from Amazon or something, uh, the Trump costume. I'll get you, man. You, we, we should do the podcast both dressed up as Trump one time. <laughs> <laughs> the Kellen and Alex show coming to you live from this tiny freaking room in Steubenville, you know, Ohio. I, and I've I've had second. I've had uh, this is a question I've come back to a few times, which is as a Catholic who you know I'm taking a, a modern political philosophy class, and a lot of the times I'm I'm thinking like we did a debate on uh, back you know the capitalism and how it doesn't really fit with the Catholic Catholic view of society and stuff. And I have two kind of pulling, um, it, one of it is like, look, the Catholic society that we're trying to achieve and whatever else, it ultimately is, it doesn't fit perfectly with the American system. And there's a lot of things that would need to change. At the other part of me is like, there's a, so much good we need to preserve in America. And Trump is actually standing up for that. And I'm just wholeheartedly for it. Like we talked about Archbishop Vigano's letter in support of Trump that Trump retweeted. A must read, people. And I, I asked some friends about it and they were like, I don't know how much should a bishop support a particular political candidate? And and I don't know the, the answer I to that question. I think it's a valid question. I mean, I think it's valid to the point where, you know, we ha- you can have people in the clergy, the bishops, whatever. They can obviously, it's probably their, it's their duty to support, I think, us a political agenda that will further, you know, create goodness in the world and beauty and truth and help Catholicism thrive. I think that's a good thing. Um, but I, I think it's a valid question to how far they could support. I think that's a valid question. But Arch, Archbishop Vigano goes out there and just proclaims the truth. There it's was just- another one, a sister last night, uh, two nights ago at the RNC. Uh, she was a uh, Sisters of the Poor, I think, in Minnesota. And she came and spoke and she said, I was a army nurse for 25 years. And then after I left, I joined the religious order and I'm here today to tell you about the, the importance of the unborn. And, and she talked about Christ and the gospel and how America needs to embrace it and and stop killing our babies. And she, and then she said, and this president is the most pro-life president in modern history. And um, and he's going to be the one to do that. Now, I'm fully in support of that. The fact that a nun would stand up and be able to say that. Um, because it's true. If because we're going to fight for the unborn. Yeah. Now, I understand. Is Trump going to bring the reversal of Roe v. Wade? Maybe that's a, a difficult hope. It's a very um, difficult hope. Yeah, yeah, it's because we're so ingrained. Like my, one of my professors, just well, even like Rush Limbaugh will describe it as uh Abortion is the sacrament of the left. And in a lot of ways, it's the sacrament of a society that worships itself and worships the state. Because when when you accept abortion, what you're saying is, I have total power, even over my own children, whether they live or die. And the state, instead of saying, we're going to protect the family at all costs, because the family is something inviolable and is has its own rights, the, the kids have their own rights and their own that the state can infringe on, the state says, we'll allow you to kill your children. So at the same time, it's asserting your own supremacy over everything that you can control. It's asserting the state's supremacy to allow you to do that. So it's a sacrament of, it's a it's a visible sign of you putting yourself and the state above the rights of your family and, the, and obviously the, the right to life. And so to, to overturn that would really be a revolution in 
uh, in America. It would be one of the most amazing transformations we've ever seen. It's going to be very hard to do, and I, I, to some extent, doubt that it could be done, just because it's such a huge, like ever? one of the statement decisions that we've had in our country, like you know Brown versus Board of Education or Roe v. Wade. It is such a huge thing. There's thousands of Planned Parenthood companies around the United States. And, you know, I just I want to reiterate the statement that it's just been on my mind that if you support Black Lives Matter, you cannot support abortion. You can't. If you support Black Lives Matter, you're literally saying, okay, if you're saying Black Lives Matter, are you saying black babies lives don't matter? Still a human being, right? Still a thing, still a person. The problem is, the main thing that it comes down to is that people just aren't educated about things in society. They aren't educated about systems, how things work. And so they think that by supporting one thing, they don't understand that they're supporting another e- an evil thing, right? People support BLM. Okay, so that means that you're supporting rioting and looting because that is what your movement is doing. Mm-hmm. People support Black Lives Matter. Uh, but maybe they don't agree with abortion. You're supporting killing black babies. You're supporting a movement that is saying, I'm going to make black lives not matter by killing them. People just don't know. People just do not know. They just don't understand how society works. And that's the problem. People think that rioting and looting is going to solve everything. Okay, well, maybe you'll uh, you know tear down some buildings and burn stuff, but does that solve anything? Does handcuffing the police in Chicago and New York City on the 4th of July solve anything when there was massive amounts of murders because the police's, police were handcuffed? BLM, just open your eyes and see what you're doing. It's just a bunch of idiots, people that don't know what they're doing. They think they're supporting the downtrodden and they think they're supporting uh, when they're voting Democrat. They're thinking we're supporting uh, all those poor people and all those downtrodden. We're giving rights to black people and all that stuff. And yet the Democrat position is the murdering of the innocents. Yep. And so what is and this nun pointed it out at the RNC? What could be more pressing in terms of rights, in terms of the 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 lives that we need to save in America, the, the people who need a voice for them, what could be more important than the millions of children who are aborted in the United States of America? There can't be. And so if you're a Catholic and you're thinking, yeah, you know, Biden, you know, Trump said some mean things and closed off our border and is trying to build a wall and he's a racist and all this stuff. And yet you're supporting the continuation and they even want stuff like third term, third tr- trimester. Abortion, terrible. They I mean, want infanti. Did you hear? Okay, so this is this is a little bit older news, but uh, the the Virginia governor, Ralph Ralph Northam, who, by the way, uh, when he's not walking around in his suit, is walking around in his KKK hood, oh. which, by the way, he has, and in blackface, he wore. Guys, look this up. Ralph Northam, Virginia governor. They got those photos, and that's why they're blackmailing him. Uh, Virginia passed in their Senate or tried to pass, I don't know if they completely went through with it, third trimester abortions, even up to the point where the baby is being delivered, like dilated. And in his interview, when he was discussing it, he said, they, the reporter was asking him, okay, so would that mean, you know, even uh, when, you know, the, you're dilating, like you could still com- have an abortion? And he said, well, you know, uh, 
you know, this is something we want the government to be out of. It would be between the family and between the doctors, and we would take the child and uh, take him to another room, and there'd be a discussion between the doctors and the parents about what to do with the baby. You mean kill it? After they were born, after the child was born, Ralph Northam thought you could just take the baby in another room. The doctor and the parents could just talk it out. Oh, you want to abort your baby? Literally said this. Ralph Northam, Virginia governor. In New York, they were trying to pass third trimester abortions. Hillary, this is beyond I mean, like all these kind of partial compromises like second, you know, second trimester stuff. Or it's your beyond first trimester. reason. Right. Those those were compromises that were stupid to begin with. They weren't based on reality. They were based on a political compromise. It's like the uh, what was it? The uh, the the two thirds compromise where it's like um, your black slaves, like two thirds a person or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Man, I'm terrible with American history. (laughs) No, that's true. That's what it was. Yeah. It's basically it's it's something not based on reality. It's just based on a political compromise or the fact of like the, the Missouri line where, you know, you could have slaves. With this parallel, it's just a political compromise to, to make do. This the oh, we're going to limit it to the second trimester is just this political compromise. Uh, if you're pro-life, you it's 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 all or nothing. It has to be reverse Roe v. Wade because the Dems want it all the way as well. They want it up to the point of infanticide. The last day Hillary Clinton, she said that publicly. She said, "I'll support abortion the last Third day. trimester." The last, the last day. How do you? Let me tell you something. How can you, as as a human person who should display some sort of morals, how can you kill a baby on the last day of the pregnancy? First of all, what the hell are you, why, why wait? You know what I mean? Why wait? Why wait till the last day to kill a baby? You have no, you have no morals. You have no respect. You have no respect for the mother. People don't understand that. People just look at this. They, they dismiss the mother and they just say, oh, just, just kill the baby. It's just people that have no moral ground. They have no, and you know what it comes down to? Education, education system. People in this country are not properly educated. And therefore all this crap that we have going on is because people don't know what the hell is going on in society. It's it's just, it's so simple. It's so simple, yet it's so complex because people are so fueled by hatred. What can you do? with somebody who's fueled by hatred. They have no they have no sense of of reason. Like like they they're not going to do anything. You know, the according to reason, they won't reason with you. You see how quickly those people started riding Wisconsin right away. It's almost like those people were waiting for a chance since the George Floyd They just been thing. eyeing that. They just been eyeing that opportunity to get six in. 6 foot TV in yep. the back. <laughs> They've been eyeing it because they're people that are ruthless. They have no respect for government, for society, for police, for themselves. No respect for America. You have no respect for America. Get the hell out of this country. That's why I believe that people that kneel for the national anthem, get them out of this country. We don't need people like that in this country. And if they, they so, plaster black lives matter so, on everything. If you're so pissed off about this stuff, why don't you go kneel in front of a church and pray? Why the national anthem? Because it's not a custom in our history to kneel in front of the national anthem. It's just not. Ten years ago, you didn't see people kneeling for the national anthem. People kneel in church all the time. They genuflect. They kneel. They kneel outside of a church. Why not kneel in front of a church? It's because people want to crap on the American flag. They want to crap on our veterans. They don't have any respect for our country. What do we need him here for? Get him the hell out of this country. 
I fully support that. I know that's a crazy stance and I know that it's out there, but I truly believe that. Deport Democrats. Heard here first on the Kellen Alex Deport them. Get them out of this country. No, I, it's, it's just nuts. The fact that we have to like, that's (laughs) the fact that we can have generations of Americans who fought to make this country great and have fought overseas, who have died, who have, uh, think about all the the people who were, you know, fighting uh, the Nazis and fighting Japan and all the trying to make this country great, all the blood, sweat, and tears it took to build up this country, and then some kid who's getting paid thirty million dollars to to swing a bat is now kneeling at a game. Just it's it makes me sick. It makes me so sick to think about that. These MLB players who probably get paid the most out of any sport, I, I think. But they, and, they and just, here's the second part. If they don't, they're going to get lambasted by everybody yeah. because so they're you're not an ally. They're afraid. Everyone's afraid. They're all afraid. Anyone in a company that their public image is, is going to be destroyed. Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, who, by the way, had like a $330 million contract. Trumbo, or uh, not, yeah, um, Mike Trout just got like a $400 million something. They kneel in front of the national anthem. What good is that? I mean, it doesn't do, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything good for this country, for the people in it. It just makes things so much more just terrible. Okay. Thought experiment. One second. Okay. Go ahead. What if somebody kneeled at the flag to support pro-life? Imagine, okay, just imagine this scenario, all our listeners do. Instead of Colin Kaepernick, it was some Catholic and kneeled to the flag and said, I can't stand for the American flag because it kills millions of babies. I still, I I still, I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't agree. See, I don't, I I think, I don't think it's acceptable to, to kneel in front of the flag in any circumstance. I think because you're just crapping on American veterans. Yeah. What, what's the flag for? It's the people that have fought and died for this country. Yes. And it's those people that have allowed us to be here today. Mm. Don't kneel in front of that in any circumstance. I don't care if it's pro-life or anything. And I know that sounds bad. Yeah. But if do it in front of a church. Don't kneel in front of the flag. That's crapping on our veterans. And plus, it's an outrageous way to... They wouldn't kneel in front of the flag anyways if it was pro-life. That would never happen in this country. Yeah. They'll kneel in front of it because they think Black Lives Matter, you know, because of that whole movement. But let, let's... I want to do more comparisons with this because we talk BLM so much, but they... Like, how did these protesters for this particular movement, right? How did they get so much prominence and whatever else and instantly? And the pro-life thing has been just stuck on neutral or in reverse for just the past 10, 10, 20 years, something like that. It's just been completely like the fact that the BLM stuff instantly, every company's on board with it and all that stuff. And the pro-life we're just, we're not making any ground. It, it it's seems so, it's like sad. We, we all travel to DC, uh, everyone at friend, we all travel to DC, we walk around and, and then we hear these sappy speeches from everyone except for Trump or Pence who actually give good, you know, fairly good speeches about how we're the pro-life generation and all this stuff. And it feels all happy stuff. And I'm glad it happens. But there's kind of like an accepted defeat that's in the air the whole time. And um, I don't know. It's going to... So one professor also described it as if abortion... It would be like an apocalypse. The the America that we've known from 1974 to, to the time we abolish abortion will be like... It'll be a completely different thing because 
now uh, it's 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 you're basically reasserting that the family is supreme again. Yep. And what do Bill Gates, these other population control uh, <laughs> dark villains, want to do? But they want depopulation. They want the destruction of the family. They want uh, contraception and abortion. I mean, they're they're very active with this stuff. They want the third world to stop having children, um, and they want the first world to continue to have its low children rates. It's anti-human. It's anti-family, right? And it, and it ultimately is demonic. What does the devil want out of? Uh, he hates procreation. He hates the family. The first command of God was be fruitful and multiply, right? And that's like it's the, one of the simplest and most beautiful commands. It's just be fruitful, live your life live life to the fullest and be fruitful, have kids and multiply. That's like the first thing he said, you know, he, he created them, be fruitful, multiply. That was the command. Like, go for it, go for it. Have a great time. You know, <laughs> have a family. It's a beautiful thing. You're reflecting the life of the Trinity in your family. We know through revel, uh, through revelation. Now we know that God is a Trinity of persons, father, son, and Holy spirit. And that intercommunal life is analogous to our family life with father, mother, and child. And so you're, and, and then through Christ, marriage is graced so you can actually live out the power of the sacrament and you can raise your kids in a Catholic way. They can be baptized and uh, you can live in grace. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, it, it's so, it, it's, it's world shattering the beauty of the family and the beauty of marriage. And especially in the sacrament, uh, when you receive sacramental grace, because without the sacramental grace, you may not be, be able to accomplish um, you know, all the, the glories of what family life can be. But what does the devil want? He wants the complete destruction of the family because if you disintegrate that, if we cast everyone into individuals, then it's it's just a divide and conquer. There's there's nothing to keep you from being completely idealized. Uh, ideologized. I don't even know that's a word, but you accepting ideologies. Um, we know that uh, it's just statistics. If you don't grow up with a father in the home, way more likely to commit crime, depression, all sorts of bad things happen, suicide. Um, we just know that having the father in the home, having the mother in the home, raising a kid, right? But that's, and it also, it came with gay marriage stuff. That's a direct attack on the sanctity of the family. And it's saying that two men can raise a child just as well as, we know they can't. Statistically, they can't as well as a mother and a father. Um, and then abortion and contraception and all of it, this depopulation, it's anti-human, and people don't seem to recognize it as being anti-human. That's the tr- it's the truth. I mean, people people think that b- because they don't know that these things affect the human person, people don't understand how much abortion affects women. Ninety three percent of women uh, are they regret abortion. Do you have any idea how much trauma that puts on a woman when you tell her the abortion companies? They won't say obviously because they want to console the woman. But um, it it traumatizes women to think you know, a week later thinking, I just killed a child. I just killed innocent life. That is one of the most terrifying things to happen to a woman. It's so, so sad. And people don't, peop, the people that run these systems, they don't have, they don't care about women. They don't have, they, they, you know, it's a false caring because they think that by killing a child, that's caring for the woman. These people are doctors and have gotten their MDs or whatever. You know, they've got all these qualifications. 
they're so screwed up mentally because they live in the world. You know, who was its um, famous? Professor Gaston says it at Franciscan. He goes, live in the world, but not of it. So we can live in this world, but don't submit to the evils in our society. Don't do that. Because then it je- not only does it jeopardize whatever you're doing, but it jeopardizes you. You know what I mean? It kills the human spirit, kills the human person. That's everything that Satan wants. Every little thing. You have an idea how happy Satan is right now that BLM is just rioting and looting and destroying everything. He's probably laughing at us right now. And it's just, it's so simple to see. It's so simple. It's a common process that we see all the time. People just don't get it. People just don't understand. They don't have no respect for anything. I mean, the the thing that really irritates me is the whole Black Lives Matter thing on the NBA courts. That whole thing just irritates me. And, you know, they have, who was it the other day that said, I think it was to Luka Doncic or somebody, this um, black, this black player, he said, you B-ass white boy. To Luca, the Croatian guy. Luka. He's yeah, Croatian, right? I think it was to a white guy. I don't know. Yeah. I forget it was. He said, "You jazz for white what? boy." I don't know because he's probably mad at him for something. I don't know. <sighs> it's it's such a so. I want to go back to what you said about um, being in the world but not of the world. <laughs> I have okay. I have one dream in my life, which is to grow my beard down to my feet, live in Montana cabin yes. and get drunk every yes. day. Yes, <laughs> this is it. And do the Calvin and Alex show for that. And Carrie says, amen. Carrie, Carrie that's what says Carrie amen. wants. All right, Carrie, well, get me some water, will cheers. you, Carrie? Cheers to that. Yeah, some water. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie's our, our Jamie to our Good. Much appreciated, big dog. Uh, I'm fine at the moment. So or you can grab it still, but. Long ass yeah, beard. Long ass beard in the Montana. Uh, you know, right, theology maybe. books in the Montana no, and, mountains, the cabin. So, I mean, that's that was what St. Benedict did. Not Montana, but I've been to the place where he went in Subiaco. Um, he was living in Rome. He was part of a fairly well-off family. Um, and the the nurse that was taking care of him, nurse like governess back in the day, um, she realized that he was packing his bags. She's like, you're leaving, aren't you? He said, yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and he left his noble family because Rome was really corrupt you know, at that time. And he said, I'm out of here. He just started walking and he just kept walking and he just walked into going. the hills around Rome yep. and just kept going, found a, a cave and propped up shop. And <laughs> that was the is. monastery. JP too. And he was, a, he was a hermit. Not JP, Benedict. Uh, oh, sorry, Benedict. Not, no, not <laughs> that JP was too. Terrible too. No, no, not yes. JP too, Benedict. Sorry. Sorry, not JP too. JP too with the, the exact So JP too walked out of Dude, Rome. you give me too much of this bourbon, man. <laughs> So, so JB2 walked out of the Vatican and just kept going. He said, I'm going to Poland. This is some strong. I this blame that Evan on the bourbon. Williams. This is Evan Williams. Uh, low quality, delicious. Okay. Uh, regardless. So Benedict goes to Subiaco and he's living as a hermit. And these other monks who had another hermitage, their, their abbot dies. And they're like, frick, I don't want to live here anymore. So they're like looking for a master to be their, you know, head of their, their monks. And they're like, oh, yeah, I heard this this guy who's up in Subiaco. And so uh, in the middle, of, well, it wasn't Subiaco at the time. It was just I heard there's this guy in this random cave on this valley. And uh, and so they go and they find him. And they're like, hey, you want to be our like master? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to send them away. And he, they're like, pretty please. And he's like, 
you're not going to like how I run the show. Oh. All right. So I don't think you're going to be too interested in what I'm what I'm laying down, you know, because it's it's not just fun and games like you've had at your monastery. They're like, no, yeah, we can handle it. So he writes his rule of St. Benedict back in the day and, and they start living by it. And it's um, and they're like, this sucks. What did we sign up for? <laughs> and so literally they they get poison and they get his his wine glass and uh, put poison in it. And he looks at the wine glass, and as he always does before he eats something, he makes the sign of the cross over the cup, and it shatters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he looks Shattering. at them, and he looks at them, and says, "I wish you would get the hell out." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wish you would have said. I don't know what he actually said. Get out. Yeah, but they left. He ended up getting other monks, and but it was him saying, "Look, the best I can do is not try and play the games of this system of Rome that's corrupt." He could have become a good politician. I mean, he's a freaking smart guy, but he trusted in the gospel and he trusted in, I have to go and find salvation and I'm going to live out the gospel as best I, ha- I can as a monk. And he went and Benedict did more for Europe than like anybody that was in Rome at that time. I mean, the monks saved Europe. The monks uh, built their monasteries all over the world uh, and all over, you know, all over Europe, uh, they preserved the learning of uh, the the classical age. They they wrote all these things, and it. I, I'm torn because at the same time, I want to, you know, we talk politics all the time. We talk like, and and this is the same question when when it comes to supporting Trump or not supporting Trump, and just saying I'm going out, I'm I'm, I'm out, I'm not going to deal with politics or whatever else. I have at the same time like. Should I just like give up on these like worldly stuff and and not fight it on their terms and then just try and just, I don't know, go be a monk or whatever? Or should we try and fight it, you know, uh, fight the battle like like uh, William Barr, who's a Catholic and he's the attorney general and he's doing really great stuff for this country. And uh, should we try and fight him head on and that in within the system, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, you know. Going back to like the Benedict, you know, Benedictine thing, he said, you're not going to like how I run the show. Well, the thing is, is like you have you have this amazing saint, but people are so taken by taken away by this world that they just don't want to do the most simple things or they want to don't don't want to do things that will further better their life. They just don't know it yet. Like that's the I think another thing that goes to our point is people are so impatient. You know what I mean? Take for example what ha- what's happening now. Um, you know, people are rioting and looting, and they right away because they were waiting for any moment. There's just so many things messed up with this. It's hard to even comprehend it. You it's know, hard to it's, pin all of them down. It's hard to know? pin all of them down. And and it's been going on for a while. And I I think going back to the cancel culture stuff. Um, yeah, the the degradation of free speech in this country. And I think people talk about polarization. That was a a bigger topic back like 2016. Oh, our country's so polarized and stuff. Well, it's just the left has become more and more ready to just cancel people. And it's scary. You, If you want to enter this corporate world, let's talk about that, Benedict, if you wanted to enter into the Rome stuff, you got to play their same games. You got to speak the lingo. You can't wear your MAGA stuff. Like uh, no one's going to give you a second look if you're wearing your BLM shirt. Or you're you're saying I'm an ally, and you post on Instagram like you. It, it, the conservatives don't go headhunting for um, people with BLM stuff, right? Uh, unless you're on certain forums or whatever. 
but the leftists, whatever, they're always headhunting for for conservatives. Yeah, ready just to find them and cancel them and and whatever else and ostracize them. And it's uh, it's it's authoritarian, and it's it shows that there's more ideological commitments on the left than there is just being a conservative in America today. And and this is the big. This is going to come up in the in the debates. This is going to come up in the Trump campaign. Just supporting America. And this this could be the thing that after all these riots and protests and craziness and woke culture and cancel culture, most Americans are just sick of the, all that garbage. As the lightning strikes. As we're having a light, <laughs> we're having a big thunderstorm outside, people. But yeah, the lightning, yeah, the lightning came, dude. I'm telling you, bro, there's some serious, serious stuff going down. God is not, he might not be the happiest person right now. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, I'm serious. He definitely is the happiest by his nature. By his nature. But I get what you mean. But you get what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting more of Kellen's uh, philosophical background it's in this one. some of the bourbon. But, uh, <laughs> some of the bourbon speaking. Hey, <laughs> by the way, bourbon, good stuff, right? My my favorite, Buffalo Trace. We'll have to try it sometime. I should have got a nice one for tonight. <clears throat> this, is, uh, this, is really nice. this, this podcast is sponsored by Buffalo Trace. Buffalo, get your Buffalo Trace. Trace. If they want to send me some money, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely accept. Yeah, and they could send me maybe a free bottle. Sponsor the Kellen sponsor Show. They sponsor the Joe Rogan experience. I mean, if they can sponsor them, they definitely can sponsor us. That's true. That's true. Anyways. uh, Yeah, so we're hitting numbers way above Joe Rogan. It's great. Uh, great. We signed a deal, exclusive deal with CastBox for $100 million. (laughs) Um, You know, I've talked about this before. It's kind of nice that we're kind of low-key. The fact that you listeners, it's fantastic. We appreciate Um, you guys. We super appreciate you guys. And and the fact that we can say these things and not have to worry about cancel culture stuff is... It's true. I mean, think about how many people are just hogtied by the fact that they can't say certain things. They really can't. Um, Because it, it... uh, and, and the internet's been a real big equalizer of this stuff, but even people on the internet are now getting canceled, right? Yep. Um, media is shifting. It's been shifting for forever to the internet, to YouTube, to podcasts, to a lot of stuff. But um, now we're seeing crackdowns on the internet, right? Before it was like, if you're listening to CNN versus you're listening to Fox News, you know, this is the right and this is the left. And um, they can try and attack each other or whatever, but they kind of have just a, a similar platform. But if you had other ideas that were more fringe, you know, there wasn't really an outlet for you in the public sphere until the internet. And then when the internet came, it was everything's wide open, like all this crazy stuff all over YouTube, Reddit, whatever it was. And now we're seeing a systematic uh, attack by these leftist companies, Google, Facebook, and YouTube, and everyone else, to silence conservative voices. Uh, Steven Crowder's another one. Uh, I don't know if you know Steven Crowder. He's Steven the- Crowder's legendary. Yeah, he's changed the change my, my mind. mind. <laughs> yeah. So he he you, you guys can look this up. If uh if you Google if you YouTube Google uh YouTube search, YouTube search Steven Crowder, there's like four or five videos before his videos that are major news corporations bashing Steven Crowder. It's just insane. And and they did the same with Alex Jones before they banned him. It's search engine de-optimization, right? So yep. in Google and YouTube, they have things called SEO, search engine optimization. So what you're trying to do uh, is get the best keywords so that when someone finds you and they type in your keyword, you'll you'll appear higher. That's that's how Google makes their money is they uh, Google search makes money off of um, uh, people spending money on having their um, their website pop up according to certain search terms. So you basically pay Google let's say four cents a show, which actually would be a little bit high. But so every time uh, someone Googles in, let's say, actually I know somebody in this business, parrot training. 
It's parrot pretty, training. Parrot training. Yes. What does that mean? Uh, like, you know, like your pet parrot. Like yeah. you're trying to like, I don't know, train it to talk or whatever. My dad has a patient who trains parrots. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, we have a business friend who, who that's his business. It's like something pet training or parrot training rather. So he'll pay money to Google AdWords to get his website to appear higher uh, when s- someone searches for parrot training, right? And then the first thing that you see when you type in parrot training online will be his, you pay Google. Now what they're doing, so they're a huge, you know, that's that's what search engines are. Anyways, YouTube, um, with all these YouTube videos, right, conservative, whatever, they're purposefully putting their actual videos and hiding them way beyond where you can't even search for them. And what they're putting before it is if you search for Alex Jones, even right now, it won't be any of his videos because he's banned. It'll be a ton of videos of people bashing him up and down YouTube. And they've been doing this for a long time and they're getting away with it because well, they can. You know, YouTube, they, that's right. That's what they can. Who's going to the take them on? They can get away with it. Who's going to take them on? Who's going to take them on? That's true. YouTube Their two companies are worth $1.7 trillion and $1.6 trillion. Yeah. Google Class A and Google Class, uh, Class C. It's just... The, the, it's the big money, big globalist. And you know, that's the one thing I love about Trump is that he, not a fan of globalism, man. And he, We reject the reject, ideology of globalism and embrace the heart of patriotism. I mean, Trump 2019. America. Yeah. That is America. That's what we should be doing. That's what we should be looking forward to. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's going to be an absolute disaster if they get elected. That's going to be one of the worst disasters this country's ever seen. We're going to have an incompetent main guy who can't even speak English correctly, has so many things wrong with him. And then, wow, that is Wow, another big lightning. Joe Biden incompetent. (laughs) You know, everybody, I hope you're safe, but Hurricane Laura is really making a big thing. It's going it's going down on the it's all the way. It's all the way up into Arkansas now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it had landfall, a category four hurricane, um, pretty intense through Texas and And, uh, Louisiana. It's really bad. And, you know, praying for all those people in those states that you guys. Uh, I've never experienced safe. like down by the coast hurricanes. It's got to be something else. Well, we don't have any on the West Coast, but on no. the East Coast in Florida, I have a friend that lives at the Keys. That's oh, just man. like you it get hit wrecked. by that. You are done. Like In the Keys. Geez. In the Keys. In the Keys, which is like, I think, small islands right below the actual continental yeah. Florida. But anyways, praying for you guys. Stay safe. This is what we were supposed. This is our little tropical storm. Uh, this weekend yeah Yeah. Uh, but anyways you know you have Joe Biden who just is so many things wrong with him and you have Kamala Harris who is pardon my language but kissing his arse oh yeah literally she she did that that to get her office in uh, San Francisco that's what she did at her office in San Francisco (laughs) sorry guys as I take a little of water I'm trying to really Uh, formulate this but two evil people right there evil and, you know, I don't say that about many people, but I, I believe those two people are evil human beings. Trump, on the other hand, you have Trump and Pence. Look at the vision that they have for this country. A greater America, a more high soaring America, bald eagle with a freaking with a, with a ball, with a, with a, with a, with a freaking big, with a big Mac in its mouth, with a big Mac in its mouth. Yes. OK, with a Coke in its left Whatever you call it, claws, and then on the right claws has got a freaking cheeseburger, a gun. He's got an a gun. You ever seen that photo of Trump with like that Gatlin gun, like standing in front of all those <laughs> no. flames? I've seen that. Uh, oh, I've seen, I've seen the Trump Rocky one. Have you seen it's the Trump the bourbon? 
Have you seen the so, Trump one where he's like photoshopped his head on on the Rocky thing? No, I've dude. Seen that. Whoever's running his campaign is the most <laughs> Zoomer, like dank meme lords. The, if you guys haven't seen his ad called the Bidening, <laughs> Bidening. Yeah, have you oh. seen that one? Have you seen that ad? I have, oh, well, oh I my think, oh, goodness! Oh yeah, I did. I did. Oh my goodness. You guys have to look that one up. Just YouTube Trump ad the Bidening. <laughs> and it is whoever made that is just got their finger on just <laughs> dank memes, you know, Trump stuff. It's it's uh, it's really he's got some zoomers on his campaign who are really good at editing. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, no, awesome. that's that's the America, you know, it's, that's the America that it's pro-America. It's pro like how can you vote America. against America? I don't the thing, you know, the thing that I don't understand is more so how somebody could vote for Biden than how can you like not vote for Trump? You know what I mean? So why think about it? Let's break this down. Why would somebody want to vote for Joe Biden? Well, one of the main reasons why people want to vote for him is because they hate Trump. Okay. So that's an automatic red flag right there because you don't vote for a person just because you hate the guts of another person. You vote for a person if you agree on their stances what they believe, what they want to see. Joe Biden is so anti-America. I'm, I don't know how he's going to, I don't know how people could give him any votes. Like, it's just the most asinine thing I've ever seen. Trump has done so many good things for this country. The economy, like it's never been before, booming. Stock market, going crazy. Everything else, there's so many, our military was rebuilt. Obama destroyed our military in the eight years. Everybody handcuffed. I mean, we were using planes that, from World War II as our main fighter jets. No. Trump goes in there and spends hundreds of billions of dollars on the military, sets it back up. We're now the world power again. You just, you have to look at it in a logical manner. People, the problem is people get fed so many lies that they'll believe those lies. And then that's what guards the voting process. No. It's so messed up. If people really knew what... And I understand that probably 99% of Americans will never know most of the stuff that Trump probably does just because it's like there's a lot of top secret stuff. There's so many secret things that we'll never know. But there are things that we can look at that we should be voting for for him because of the things that he's doing. Pro-life. Why wouldn't somebody want to be pro-life? That's my question. Why wouldn't the average person want to be pro-life? Why would somebody want to be pro-choice? Why don't Why don't you be pro-life? They've been fed the lie They've that it's supporting lie. women's rights. Yeah, yeah. They, so, they, that's the whole lie. It's it's. But it's, they don't. Okay, but, I want to go back to what you were saying about America greatness and and okay, these big corporations, Google, Facebook, uh, Tesla. Now they're they're wild in China as well. Uh, they understand that the future is China. Okay, and and I want to speak to this a little bit. China is the first burgeoning um, Asian country that can really surpass all these other ones in terms of because they have a billion people, they have an immense amount of resources, they're politically stable. Um, they are, and they have a hardworking people that is in fear of their government. They have all the markings of being able to surpass the United States of America. Now, and and these corporations know that, and that's why they're expanding there, and that's why they have been expanding there. One of my favorite podcasts we've done, it was the first one on our Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts. You guys can look it up. Number Check one, out. talked about the Hong Kong protests and the fact yeah. that Google helped develop the facial recognition towers that were set up in Hong Kong to figure out who is protesting and so that the Chinese government could go find them in their addresses and drag them out of their homes and arrest them. 
So Google's been at it. We saw with the NBA back in the day when they were uh, going all through China and stuff, they wouldn't support the Hong Kong protest. There was one Rockets manager who said, you know, free Hong Kong, and he had to publicly apologize because NBA is so tied up in China. Activision Blizzard. Uh, now we're looking TikTok and all this type of stuff. Like Chinese companies and the Chinese corporations and, and China in general, like I think these corporations know there's so much money to be made and that government is ruthless. They will they don't care about copyright oh, laws. They don't care about, you know, paying some like eight year old five dollars an hour, uh, not five dollars, like five cents an hour to be making clothes yep. or like plastic knickknacks and Sweatshops. stuff. They don't care. They don't care about this stuff. The, their people they aren't like willing to overthrow the government. Free. And they, the call, they, they free. call it the People's Republic of China. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, they these companies know the future is China, right? And and the, and a lot of people know that uh, America is not gonna not gonna do it. America is not gonna be the king forever. And so these corporations are placing all of their hope there. The Obama administration. It was open, open in China, open season for Chinese corporations, European corporations, whoever, to just take advantage of the U.S. Right? Not, not cracking down, not anything. It was the global stuff. And we were talking about globalism, right? Whole ideology of globalism is uh, free trade. Let China have you know whatever they want. Open borders. Let's have. We have something like a million Chinese students in the United States because the Chinese government will fund scholarships to send Chinese students to American universities to learn the West and, and all these type of progress stuff and send them back. I'm not saying it's a bad thing de facto, but they're learning all the secret, the, the, the uh, United States education, everything else, and taking them back to their own country. And, and then we're giving them no tariffs, no nothing, so that they can then use basically almost like slave labor to sell us products that they learned how to make in American universities sponsored by government scholarships from the Chinese government. It's just like it's people know China's the future. And it, when they've known it for a while. So when when Trump came in and started introducing tariffs, he started cracking down on China. That is when everything went berserk because they because these companies were losing money on the fact that they couldn't get all their China money. And I think the Dems have allied themselves with big tech and I I think big tech and a lot of multinational uh, countries realize that Trump is actually working for the American people and not for them. And uh, and I'm talking about the multinational ones. They are overwhelmingly in support of Democrats because they know that they, the Democrats can be bought and sold yep. and Trump can't. And yep. they can just open everything up and globalism can reign again and America can get all of her resources taken out of her and, and all of her what, what makes her an economic powerhouse. The biggest thing, you know, the irritating part to all these big companies is, that, like you said, they know Trump can't be bought. You can't buy him in any way possible in this world. Nothing. No way. Because do you know why? It's because he truly believes in the best America. He believes that we can turn this into the best America that we can, which means he will do anything in his power to help the American people reach the best that they can be. To help America become the best that it can be. These companies want to ruin this country. Why would they support Trump? He's completely against you know, what they're supporting. They're not going to support him. It's because they're scared about, about how much power and how, much, how, much, how many good things he can do with his power. 
it's like fear driven. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's a scary thing. And we're gonna have if Biden gets elected, China's gonna have full reign again. Oh, America's yeah. gonna decrease its military yep. spending. Yep. There's gonna be more. I mean, uh, the fact that like black unemployment went to record lows under Trump, mm-hmm. right? And that's and it stayed almost static under Obama, right? It's like Obama was black. Yeah, and people think that that and this is the Democrat playbook too. It's just uh, they don't they they have the. <laughs> As long as they have someone who looks like they're going to represent the position, uh, then they're they're fine with that. It doesn't matter if they actually back it up with reality. It just has to be a front, you know. And and, and Obama reduced our military, didn't make America great. There was economic uh, instability, and um, and and also black unemployment being high, and now it's going to historic lows. The economics booming, right? Because when Trump put America first, made tariffs on China, helped American corporations, started revitalizing manufacturing. Especially in uh, like in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, in in um, in Michigan, he was supporting local manufacturing. He brought back NASA, right, and brought back going to the International Space Station. Uh, he also, in one of his his speeches, said he wants to go to Mars before his second term ends. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, that's partnered right. up with Elon Musk and <laughs> SpaceX, and they're doing just so many that cool be, things really about cool. America, that making cool. America great, yeah. just showing America, or like showing the world, you know, showing America, yeah the greatness that we can achieve. You have a future, you have a vision, right? Yeah. I mean, well, Biden just doesn't have a vision. I mean, if you look at some of his policies and what he supports, we've seen it before in American history that it doesn't work. So why would somebody vote? I would imagine the American citizen wants the best for themselves and the best for their children and the best for the country. Well, it turns out that that's not true, that there's a lot of Americans that just hate Trump so much that they're willing to jeopardize their own good. That's what it comes down to. They're willing to jeopardize the good for themselves, for their family, because they're so brainwashed and they hate Trump. I don't know how somebody could vote for Joe Biden. I genuinely don't see it. I, I just can't. I can't fathom why somebody would agree with anything that he says. Yeah, it's the media. The media. The whole. The media has thwarted the American person right. with lies, with absolute lies. Speaking of the greatest lie of them all. Coronavirus. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to pivot. Going back to, I, I wanted to go to uh, Franciscan. Now that we're reopen a bit, um, so I mean, we've had. Geez, I feel like it's almost every podcast you have to bring up the Rona, you know, and all this type of we, stuff. We had and our infected streams. We had our infected streams. Going back to March fifth, man. Oh March fifth. No way. You guys can March? listen. You guys can listen to the podcast uh, if you scroll down from what you're watching right now. Actually, don't leave this pod. Why would you leave this one? It's too good. It's but you if you want, one. after this one's over, uh, if you look at the coronavirus podcast, I think it's number seven. Um, yeah, just scroll down from Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find us. We're there. Um, and you can listen to that stream. All our opinions on um, what we at the time were it was it was only it was about a uh, three hundred cases in Italy. Yep. Uh, there was a thousand something cases in China, and then they stopped reporting. Yep. And we were looking at the numbers, and we both were like, "Yeah, this is going to be big. This is going to be huge." Uh, if you guys would have listened to the Cal and Alex show, you would have known about it before everybody else did. That's true. Um, <laughs> we do our research, but um, but then after it happened, obviously we we continue to talk about it. But now we're uh, everyone thought, uh, what, what more can you say? Everyone thought it was ridiculously bad. It wasn't as bad as we thought. They shut everything down. It's, it doesn't kill as much people as we thought it would. Um, Notre Dame at this point in time, as of today is still shut down because they've had 80 cases and the students are locked in their dorms, taking online classes. Well, it was the first two weeks, right? 
first uh, two. Yes. So they started have, having cases. They might have been extended now. And they blamed it on an off-campus party, which is one of their tactics, tactics is to you know, blame it on people. We were thinking that Franciscan wasn't going to open. We're open. Things are looking great. We've only had one confirmed case. Uh, I wonder who it was, actually. Well, yeah. Funny. Well, yeah. we're never going to know. Uh, probably well, some, maybe. Probably some well, freshman. Probably um, some freshman that came in, you know, was studying abroad in China. Probably. I don't know if you got to saw uh, my podcast with Athanasius, but um, he said, I think no one at Franciscan should be get, should get tested. Yeah. So, okay. So, that I, I guess I agree and disagree with that. I disagree on the fact that I don't think that it's very safe to not test anybody just because if you, if you go on, let's say for two months straight and you don't test anybody before they go into the classrooms, I mean, and, and because they have to do that, you know, you have to take, or no, now what they're doing is you have to fill out a, a form online before you come to class or something like that. No way. What? Yeah. I think that, uh, at least that's what I saw. That's what somebody told me is that they had to fill out a form online, you know? Well, I don't know. That's what's, that's what a student told me, but, um, he lied to you. I, maybe I got lied oh, to. I don't know. But uh, that's at least what I heard that you there's some sort of form online that you have to fill out before you come to class. I don't know. It's great. You want to not cause havoc? Don't test. Yeah. That's where I guess I can kind of agree. Not really. Just because I don't think it's safe to not test. Okay. Would you... Do you think asymptomatic people feel fine, feel healthy? Should they get tested? Come on, Mr. Lake. It's, I mean, I think it's hard for me to say. Uh, okay, people who that, feel I think sick that should they get tested? At some point, yeah. every person should be tested. Just, I think it's because it's Why? a good thing. Because asymptomatic only lasts for so long. Asymptomatic doesn't go on for three months, only lasts for five to 10 days. Car- Carrie's gesturing something. 24 weeks. Two to four. Oh, two to, four. Two to <laughs> yeah. four weeks. No, I no, thought yeah. asymptomatic well, was only up to like 10 to 14 days. Can I speak? Carrie, come, come in, my dear friend. We got a guest speaker, Carrie. Our, executive, our executive producer. So speak on it, please. Social Into the media mic. Manager, actually. Social um, media manager. Um, but so the virus, technically, if you're asymptomatic, you have the two week period where you're technically quote unquote sick. And then the two weeks afterwards, you still are able to transmit the disease to others you have a period of about four or so weeks before you're considered quote-unquote cured is a good term interesting hmm. and not something that i that i knew um the thing that worries me about the asymptomatic though and, th- and thank you for that carrie is uh false positives which is there's true. there's there three to five percent false positives we know this statistically that there's been three to five percent the governor of ohio was one of them he yep. tested positive, like, oh, no, I'm the governor. I have to quarantine. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> anyway, so he tests again the next day, and lo and behold, uh, the man doesn't have the Rona. He's fine. <laughs> All right, so, and, you know, uh, he can go about, you know, having his daily... Oh my gosh, we're making so much progress on coronavirus and all this stuff. I hate... Okay, one of my... One of the things I hated out of all of this was all those daily governor uh, like updates on Corona success and all this crap. Yeah, I thought that was just like the lamest garbage. Trump did it for a while, and I was like, okay, well, I have nothing to do. I'll watch Trump do this. But like the Governor Newsom, he, he sounds like he has a raccoon in his throat all the time when he's speaking. <laughs> 
a He's raccoon like, in his throat. Uh, so, uh, and, and if we uh, if we have to uh, shut down Los Angeles again. <laughs> Uh, we're going to cut off your heating. Uh, it's more like he's got a pine, pine cone shoved up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, he was a mayor of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it first on the Kel and Alex show. We, uh, well, uh, that, uh, that anyways, anyways, well, <laughs> we're going to open canceled. the window. It's hot in oh, here. Geez. Oh, geez. We're going to let the rain in, but that's all right. Uh, it's not raining Lead. anymore. Let the rain, let fall. the rain in. By the way, guys, Kellen and Alex show going this entire semester. Uh, if you're not subscribe to us or whatever podcast, uh, area you listen to Spotify, Castbox, Apple podcast, wherever you find podcasts for there. Um, yeah, it's, <clears> I, I think we're going to have a killer semester in terms of, we're getting up to. Election cycle, uh, this Rona stuff keeps it. It, it's, it keeps lingering, it's like hanging around. Yeah, it, it hangs around, and then uh, BLM stuff happens, and then obviously Rona just ceases to exist. And then after they're done sure. protesting, yep. then people realize like, oh my gosh, we have to make people fearful again, and uh, and then that's that's when it spikes up again. Uh, there is a small minority of true believers in all of this. Like I, I was talking to Nation about this. There's probably about 10% of people at Franciscan who are true believers. Like, Rona's going to kill me. I have to, you know, stay away and all this type Mm -hmm. of stuff. And everybody else is just like, look, this is part of everyday risk. There's tons of diseases out there. Things can kill you. Rona's bad. It gets contagious. But you have to live life. Well, who knows? You could also just have the flu. That's right. Yeah. You just have the flu. It doesn't mean you don't have to have Rona. You could just have the flu. Totally. I know. You have to live life. That's the biggest thing. You have to live life. We have to move on This stuff was overblown. The yeah. fact, and we talked about this multiple times, the fact that we had shutdowns, I think, was overblown. I think shutdowns in, in itself, I think we we assented to something that is unprecedented in terms of, uh, you know, completely staying inside for the entire month of April. I remember driving around San Diego, and it was a total ghost town. Really? Total ghost town. Really? No one was on the streets. I was going 110 everywhere. It was fantastic. <laughs> I was blazing past places. You know, the mayor of LA actually, uh, you know, mayor uh, almost said bad something. Garcetti. Garcetti. Uh, he uh, he was telling his people like, okay, so we've had a lot more speeding incidents now that all this stuff. I understand we haven't seen LA with this little traffic in 30 years, <laughs> oh, but this isn't the time for you to, you know, do Tokyo Drift stuff outside of 7-Eleven. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so, so yeah, but it was great. I was driving around. It was fun. Um, but it, it was weird. Uh, yeah. And we, of course, oh, we've never seen something like this ever. It's a pandemic of uh, immense proportions. I think there were so many lies in all of this. Um, I, I'm sure there was a lot of just ignorance regarding this stuff, but there were people who made a lot of gain from this stuff. Biggest of which, Bill Gates. Um, I want to get to this. I He, to me, is... I need to know more because he has his hands in almost every global health development, vaccines, population control, contraception stuff. His Bill Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is really creepy to me. Bill Gates' uh, net worth has doubled since he left uh, being CEO of. Is he still? He's not still CEO of Microsoft, is he? I think he's no. He's full time. He's he's full time. Yeah. His net worth has doubled since he left Microsoft. He has his shares of Microsoft, but has doubled since he founded the, the Bill Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They have their hands in, um, they also control 
a lot of news networks, they're the funders of a lot of news networks, global health like section departments. They own part of the BBC. Uh, they own the World Health and the BBC Publishing. They own part of CNN's Global Health Publishing. Uh, they're also in Sky News in UK. Uh, a bunch of other news like World Health, whatever. They're major funders of the news organizations. And reporters have been asked, like, isn't this a, you know, a, a matter of conflict? And one of the reporters said, well, you really can't find anything in the health industry these days that doesn't have a Bill Gates tentacle attached to it somewhere. That's how prevalent that's his scary. foundation is. That's scary. Vaccines that as well. Yeah. Vaccine development. He owns a large portion of Moderna, Pfizer, which, which is uh, created by the Federal Drug Administration. That's a federal administration. Right. Yeah. And the World Health Organization, uh, their main guy, the CAO, you know, the main leader of the World Health Organization, by the way. OK, so the, the number one funder of the World Health Organization is the United States government with two hundred eighty million dollars. Jeez. A uh, million or billion. I think it's just I think it's million. Two hundred eighty mil. That can't be right. Maybe it is billion. It's probably anyways. Eighty billion. Yeah, please look it up, Carrie. Um, the next one is Bill and Gates Melinda Bill and uh, Melinda Gates Foundation with two hundred and sixty one. No. It's, it's probably billion. It's, it's, it's got to be billion. It's, but if it's billion, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. It, it's either a million or billion. But but they're the second, and they donate more to the World Health Organization than the UK, Canada, France, Germany combined. It's it's scary. And how much the guy influence. who the guy who runs the WHO, one the main guy was a Bill Gates Foundation employee for 10 years oh before he got the position. Oh, my word. Billion. Billion? billion? $260 billion. Million. Dollar. Oh, million. With an M. So, million. That's insane. It's insane. So, and who were the first people to say, they? the World Health Organization said, there's no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the coronavirus in March and in February. No human-to-human -human transmission. The World Health Organization was leading the disinformation campaign that corona was not as bad as you think. And then all of a sudden, it started spreading everywhere. Trump shut down travel to China. Remember when he got yeah, lambasted he for that? He closed off everything, yeah. It ended up spreading to Europe. And then from Europe, it came to New York and other places. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I don't know uh, how Bill Gates is involved in this, but I, I have a, uh, a deep... I have a certainty it raises, he is. It raises somewhere. questions. It, raises it does raise questions. a lot of questions. I mean, it, and it, he's the leading guy that says we cannot get get back to normalcy unless we have a vaccine. And his company and foundation is the one developing the vaccines. Yeah. No, that's that's very. Oh man, that's just scary. The thought of it is him having that much influence in in the drug administration, like hmm. the vaccines, dude. Vaccines. Now I understand that vaccines get tested rigorously before they're put out to the public. Six months of testing. It still doesn't mean every single one is going to work. And now since Corona's probably on the down low now, it's probably going to start getting less and less and less. I see Corona completely gone by the end of spring semester. Probably, I hopefully, I mean. By vaccine or by what? By just. By transmission? Just, by just, yeah, the whole thing. I hope. You know, the transmission, everything is just coronavirus is over by the end of spring. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Dude, we, we, I remember when you said you thought it would be over by the end of April. Dude, I thought it was going to be over. And that was just me. I not, think, being okay. Not knowing. I think Trump also got a lot of misinformation about Rona 
I I thought you know Fauci. Oh my gosh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Burks. These other people. I think they're part of whatever. Okay. This is either Corona. Either Corona was a planned release or it wasn't. There's a lot of evidence to say, oh, whatever, it wasn't. But let's just think about it. Uh, the U.S. funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, right? And the WHO funded it as well. And it's the first level four containment uh, laboratory in all of China, right? The only other ones are in the United States and Europe. There's not another one. They allow China to have a level four containment uh, laboratory where they would test viruses, right? Uh, the FBI sent a report in 2018 to the president saying, uh, you need to look into this. Um, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is testing on SARS virus, uh, different SARS virus that are related to bats, which is coronavirus. It's the same. Coronavirus is the umbrella where SARS and COVID-19 are under. Um you need to look into this because that could be potentially dangerous. The FBI sent a letter to uh, the president, and 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 I don't know if it's president. It may have been to the um, who do they send it? To? I don't know. Some, some federal office. The FBI sent this letter, right? Um, and where did the, where did this virus come from? Our worst enemy, China. Bill and Gates, Melinda Foundation, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, largely funding it. And uh, and it goes from there and it ends up spreading through China and then it goes to Europe and then America shuts down and Europe shuts down economically, right? China shuts down for a while and they close off Wuhan and all this stuff. And then they're kind of like back at it because their government doesn't care if people die, you know, at a certain point. Um, and they'll do crazy stuff like, I don't know if you saw the video of, they literally took this woman who was not quarantining and... There were five police officers in full hazmat suits. That was back in March. They threw her in, in her room and welded the door shut. Jeez. You guys can look up this video. It's pretty nuts. That, that's, that's the that's Chinese way of telling you to that's the self-quarantine. Yeah, I mean. So anyways, I, it's either a planned release or it's not. There's too many question marks in my mind. There's too many people who benefited massively from this. There's a lot of people who have a lot to lose in this. Uh, the American people, the American middle class. Um, the pe- the people who are working, uh, you know, jobs that are 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 not stable, not as stable, working paycheck to paycheck, you get a lot more people on welfare. So people who are socialist uh, inclined are winning from this. Donald Trump is losing from this because it looks bad on the president when something bad happens to the country. Globalists are making a lot of money. Bill and Gates, Bill Gates Foundation is making a lot of money. Tech companies are killing it. A lot of them are up fifty percent on the year, and China's, you know, it's. Having America and Europe be destabilized is in their best interest because they want to be the next global power. So I have no conclusive evidence to say that, you know, this was a planned release, but it definitely benefited some people and it definitely hurt us. Well, I had a feeling this was going to benefit big companies. I mean, it's it's bound to happen. I mean, big companies, big tech companies, companies like Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. These companies have such political influence. Who was it's YouTube, right? That is uh, banning kind of left or conservative pod, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Are they banning conservative kind of right wing podcasts? Or oh, they're yeah, highly they're, censoring it. Yes, I think highly censoring it. That just comes to show you how corrupt it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not good. It's a real problem that we have in this country where we have big companies fueled by money because money can be 
a very, very dangerous and influential factor in anything. They are censoring conservative uh, you know, podcasts and shows that are trying to tell the truth. All the left want to do is just spread lies to you. That's the problem is that they want to spread lies. We see it over and over again. And this is the reason why I think Trump's going to win this election is because American people saw through the BS with Hillary in 2016. They'll see through it again with Joe Biden at an even stronger rate. Yeah. And that's why I think Trump is going to win. The whole 2016 election made the Democrats look so bad. I mean, look, this one's going to make them look even worse if Trump yeah, wins again. And, it's and let's make see them how much this Rona stuff plays into yeah. it. Because if Corona becomes, you know, uh, if it, somehow in November there's a huge outbreak and they blame it on Trump or something like that, or, or in October, rather. Um, yeah, and I wonder how long these universities are going to remain open. I mean, we both are, are here and we hope the university remains open and things are looking fine. Um, but people are, you know, I, I don't really feel that people are on edge right now, but um, they could be because, <laughs> because I feel like they, if they send people yeah. home, if they start quarantining, if they, you know, if they blame this on a household event or something like that, like, I, I feel that's a possibility and no one wants to see that. No one wants to see this getting blamed on uh, some household because they wanted to, you know, drink on their front porch. Um but it totally could happen. It happened in Notre Dame. It's happened to other universities. California schools are all online. They're all online. You know, CSU my younger sisters all online. have to do online school. They can't go in person. Which sucks, everyone's Yes. By the way, I mean, I, I'm sure the majority of students in college in this country want to be at school. You know Absolutely, what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Like, it's, it's a big thing as students. We had to do it for, you know, last semester, the rest of, the, of last semester online for the, basically the second half of the semester. Um. And, you know, students want to be at school. You know, they're paying so much money. They want to be with their professors. They want to be there in person, you know, it's, which is a good thing. But there's just, there's just so much that goes into this. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can look at it. I just hope that America learns. I hope it learns even more about the good decision that it made in 2016 to elect Trump. And I hope that they realize that Biden is just not the answer. He can't do it. He, he cannot run this country. How can somebody think that he could run this country? It, it is beyond me. Blows my mind why somebody would vote for him. You know, it's just, and somebody that would willingly vote for him. Not somebody that votes for him just because they hate Trump. But somebody that will willingly vote for his ideas, his agendas. Kamala Harris. She is one of the worst human beings I've ever seen. And I try not to judge people because that's not my place, but she is a terrible human being with the things that she supports and the things that she wants to happen to this country. Let's just raise taxes, billions of dollars on people. Would just have you, have you heard of the yacht tax? So this is a Democrat brilliant idea, you know, hatched from the, the basements uh, of the, uh, of the socialist orders. Um, they proposed in Congress and they got it passed a boat, a yacht tax. So they thought, Hey, I know what we'll do. We'll tax the rich by taxing their yachts. When they try and buy a yacht, we're going to make it like a 12, 20% yeah, I saw sales that. tax on yachts. I heard about that. Well, what happened? There was a lot of American yacht companies. You know what happened? The rich people just bought them from other countries. <laughs> you know what happened to the American Woo! yacht industry? Went to trash. Yeah. Because how are you going to, they just bought it from another country. All those industries went somewhere else, yeah. right? Another Democrat, we're going to, you know, tax the rich and everything will be fine. Look, yeah, there's a lot of, 
By there's the way, a lot of ways just, not to pay, pay taxes. Rich, I was seeing one the other day. Uh, you can basically set up in the Cayman Islands a uh, a company, and then you have your company here in the U.S. that makes its money. But what you do is you make it so that uh, Company A in the Cayman Islands owns the intellectual property of K- of Company B in the United States. So Company B makes a hundred million dollars in the United States, and then Company A demands that they pay a hundred million dollars in intellectual property. But you own both companies, so now the money goes to the Cayman Islands, and it's all withdrawable. That's so, anyways, ridiculous. there's a million ways you can evade taxes in the United States, That's and true. the people who are rich so know loopholes. that. Yeah, there's so many loopholes and stuff. So I mean, if you want them to pay taxes on that money and whatever else, okay, try and try and find ways with that. But stuff like yacht taxes or whatever, the 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 Dems think they're gonna solve they, everything. They think by, that they're but gonna they destroy solve American business. But they do. That's what they do. They think they, they're gonna they send solve millionaires, all billionaires the problems. Yeah. Why tax? Why tax heavily the billionaires? They're the ones that create all the jobs for everybody. They Let's talk the about ones New that York. Create jobs. Bill Gates creates hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yeah, it's it's difficult too because I I'm uh, the fact that these guys are so big is concerning to me. And then uh, Governor Cuomo actually, this was like a few weeks ago. He was he was saying he was lamenting the fact that everyone is exodusing from New York because of their high taxes and BLM protests, and no one wants to live in a freaking in a city anymore with Rona. Yeah. You couple Rona protest and looting and rioting along with extremely high taxes, why the hell do you want to be in New York City? Yeah, that's true. All these guys are leaving and going to other states. Joe Rogan. People are leaving California. Joe, well, yeah, he's, he's smart for doing that. Yep. You, you would ha- he would have to pay $12 million on his $100 million deal right to, you know, big old slick back Newsom daddy <laughs> in, in Sacramento. <laughs> He'd have to pay $11 million right off the bat just, just to live in California. And so he moved to Texas. And he's probably going to have to He's pay probably going to be, you know, <laughs> he's probably going to be shooting with two ARs in his hands and like, you know, the flag in the background with, you know, $11 million. Yep. Why wouldn't he move to Texas, right? So these these blue states are seeing all their rich people moving out. It, it, now, we saw this also with Elon Musk uh, with, with Tesla in, uh, in his, what was it? It's in Nor- NorCal um, where they have a Tesla factory. And the local congresswoman, when uh, Elon Musk said, we're opening on this date, we're opening Tesla again. And this was in, I think, in June or July. He said, we're opening Tesla again. We're sending our workers there, whether or not Almeida County lets us do it. And then a congresswoman on Twitter literally replied to him and said, F you. Yep. Did you see that? And and that's the censored version. But I didn't see it. That's the censored version. She said, F you. Congresswoman to Elon Musk. He tweeted a little bit later, never building a factory in California ever again. Next one will be in Texas. Yes, sir. Well, it's so it's so sad. Well, because like they sad. think they're they think they're like and it's they think they're helping their state and their city by just like it's but they're not. They're sending everyone away. It's it's once again it's those it's a facade of being compassionate and a facade of being like helping American citizens and helping the American middle class. It's a facade of that. Yes, it is. And it's really concerning. I, I want to get back. Let, let's get to. Um, we're really blessed at Franciscan to have all the sacraments available to us right now. Oh my now. gosh! And, five, and ma- five, five masses, masses a day. Uh, we're having confessions, all sorts of stuff, and it's it's sad, but it really is the norm in a lot of places still to be not at full capacity again, to be shut down, to be 
Um, no, it's crazy. I, it's, I mean, it's insane. It's the fact insane. that the sacraments are just so non-available to people now. Yeah. And it, this has been for months, six months. Uh, I've me? been, you know, I uh, asked my priest at home, I said, why don't we have more confessions? And his response was something like, I, I just have so many things that I have to do. I have so many people to meet. I have to go out and do different, like, you know, last rites or, you know, whatever. And I just said, I mean, uh, you know, a priest can't do everything all the time, but wouldn't it be nice if we could have more confessions like on Saturday or, you know, maybe a couple times in the week, hopefully if people have time, you know what I mean? So like, and confession is one of the biggest things too. Confession is what we really need. I mean, you guys remember when we were in Austria, our, the final day, Father, uh, was it Father, the main, Seraphim? Fa- Father Seraphim. Father Seraphim and Father Yosef or no, somebody else. They said, we're going to do confessions all night until everybody's done. We cool need that we again, that. man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. And the biggest thing, and, and I heard this, oh, who was I hearing this from? A uh, Catholic commentator or someone. Um, just basically saying during all of this COVID stuff, he was just hoping that the, the church would have been more creative to try and get the people the sacraments. Yeah, I, I, I understand like there's fear, there's, you know, whatever else. And, 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 you know, did I handle it the best in my prayer life? No. Um, but we got to get the sacraments back. We have to be telling the Catholic people you need the sacraments because the sacraments are the means of grace. If we don't have the sacraments, we're not, we're not the, we're not Catholics because the sacraments are what would make us, uh, united to the body of Christ through yep. baptism, through the Eucharist, That's through confession, unifier. through marriage and, and confirmation and through all of it. It, 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 it engrosses us in the Catholic life and in the sacramental life and the grace filled life. And if you cut off the sacraments, you cut off the means of grace for people. We have to restore sacramental life in the church and it has to come back with a roaring fervor and people have to really demand, look, pastor, I need confession. Please have confessions. Like here at university at Franciscan, they are making it so available to people. They're having masses every day. They're having confessions every day. And uh, I hope we can be a shining light and say like, yeah, we're going to, we're not cowering in a corner because of all this stuff. We're getting people the sacraments. Yep. Well, I mean, it's first and foremost, the duty of a priest to do that. And with all these crazy times and, you know, Corona and all the rioting and looting, people are legitimately scared. And, you know, people look to, excuse me, they look to the Catholic church to assist them because, you know, the Catholic church isn't just, you know, and the priests, they're not just there to distribute communion. I mean, you go there and you have a confession. Sometimes it'll be an hour because they, they, they're like psychologists. I mean, they give you advice, not just on your faith life, but in life in general. I mean, they're literally, think about it, like doctors and psychologists. That's who priests are. They've been thoroughly trained in areas like that. We need more of that today. We need more people being educated by priests. And we have people educated by doctors, by teachers, by professors. We need more education by priests, I think, because they have they have such a unique uh, combination of knowing medical things, psychological things, but also inserting faith into that. Mm. You know, and that's one of the most important things. We need more people like that in society. And more catechesis, just just things like teaching people. When, uh, so my favorite all-time book, besides scripture, uh, Dostoevsky's The uh, Brothers Karamazov. Yep. Uh, Elder Zosima has a section 
Uh, he's an old monk, and he just is exhorting his fellow monks and priests in general, read your parishioner's scripture. This is back in the late 1800s when Dostoevsky's writing. He said, it doesn't have to be some long sermon, some long-winded biblical theology something. Just read them the story about Abraham and Isaac. Read them the story about the creation of man. Read them the story about Cain and Abel. Read them the story about how uh, Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land. Read them the story about how Christ uh, healed the man born blind. Read them the story about Christ and the woman of uh, Samaria. Read them the story of the crucifixion. Read them read them from one of St. Paul's letters. Read, read them scripture. And don't you don't have to invent some fancy stuff. Just it's tell so them what simple. it is. It's so simple. It's and, there for you. It is. And, and, and as a priest, you know, as somebody who's studied these things, as a priest, you've, you've studied these things for at least six years, sometimes eight years, and then your whole life, that's what you're dedicated yeah. to. Um, stop worrying about your parish committee and whether some old, you know, granny is going to get mad at you for not, uh, you know, having guitar masses. <laughs> and just... <laughs> <laughs> Don't get mad about Susan from the parish council, as Carrie's saying. Yep. And worry about uh, just just preach the gospel. That's and what even you're simple, meant to even do. simple things like reading the Bible. Uh, and I'm this is in no way bashing what uh, right when I said bashing another yeah, another fl- flash of lightning. lightning. Man, this it's is fantastic. good timing. This storm is great. Is great. Anyways, uh, it's, it's quite the ambiance. I'd it's say quite the ambiance. Yeah. Um, but instead of look. People aren't going to remember the fact that you had an extra parish council meeting that led to a a, a fish fry. They'll they'll <laughs> will, they will remember you sitting down at, and 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 reading them from the story of Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael, and uh, mm-hmm. and Sarah. Yep. They'll remember you really sitting down and reading them from uh from from scripture. And 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 if you don't understand, and, and this isn't just some like oh scripture's going to solve things. I'm just um. I, I really wish we would take that seriously again. And um, even if it's not reading from scripture, although I hope it is, reading from the catechism, educating people, there's just such a lack. Uh, and Bishop Barron's pointed this out with, remember the Pew Research study that only like one third of American Catholics actually believe in the real presence Yeah, uh, in the right. Eucharist? Yep. I mean, it's insane. And, and what he pointed to is this is a lack of catechesis. And I think he's right. Yep. I think people are just not getting told the truth. And I think either a priest is just assuming they know it or just doesn't want to have to explain it or whatever else. And um, yeah, I, it, it goes hand in hand. We need the sacraments to become forefront again. And I think at the same time, we need to be more educating the Christian people to see the beauty of the sacraments, to see the beauty yes. of the Christian life and yes. living the Christian life, coming to the sacramental grace, being enraptured in the the grand salvation history story it, it is such a glorious we're a part of this and and it'll it'll get people to escape from the fear and the the anxieties of being in this world and then being of this world in the same time yep. you're convincing you're through the sacraments and through educating them you're bringing them more and more out of this world so they can be detached from all the fear tactics all the the fear mongering all the depressing reality of, of life, all the uh, anxieties and whatever else. And and um, it's not that you're going to completely remove them from that, but you're going to give them an inner peace and a hope for salvation that will persist with them even in their darkest times. And hopefully when, you know, the their final hour comes and this is what we pray the Hail Mary for is that at the hour of our death, they'll um, fully give their life to Christ and and live a, live uh, die a, a holy death and, and uh, live an eternity in heaven. Like that's, Salvation of souls. That's what it's about. 
and uh and, and Christ says it, you know, I came to give them life uh and, and an abundant life. Um that's what it is. That's the gospel message. So that should be even just simple things like reading scripture to your parishioners and uh and just letting the word speak for themselves, catechesis, like you're saying. Yeah, and you know, a big thing <clears throat> that I love when I studied with <clears throat> especially Christian marriage, uh, we did a lot of stuff with the catechism. Um and you know, the catechism is such a beautiful thing because it teaches all the, the beautiful things that Catholics believe and the beauty behind things. See, a human person is truly transformed when they see the beauty behind the thing. Mm. They can be taught something, but if they don't understand it, they're not really changed. If you teach somebody the beauty behind these things, their lives are forever transformed because they want that. You see, people have a natural tendency to want something beautiful. Because they see that it will benefit them and benefit society. That's what priests need to be doing these days. That's what that's what they need to be conveying. I understand every person is different and every priest is different. But by golly, if we can have more people that teach the truth and tell teach us how to understand the beauty behind the truth, the world will be transformed. It will. And that's what you know we're called to do. Even though we're not priests, we're called to teach truth. And help people understand the beauty behind it. And that's something that we talked about too. Some, to some extent, you and I felt like the Catholic Church cowered a little bit when it came to Corona. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a tough thing to say, but it's not like people were being taught beauty in those most difficult situations. So we have to get back to a type of society, a Catholic society, where we allow people to understand why we do things. And the beauty behind the things that we do, you know, so that it's just, you know, to wrap up with that, it's just, it's something that we need to see these days and something that people need to have, Mm. you know, people are so desperate for the truth these days. People want to know, people want to know who is going to, because I can't do it all on my own. Who is going to help me in this journey? Who's going to give me confidence? Who's going to give me a sense of security? to my life about everything that's going on, these massive tech companies aren't going to do that. Mm -mm. They're not going to do that for you. They're just blowing hot air about globalist crap. Yeah. And you know, it's just, we need the priest at the, the forefront to help the American society grow back into a more Catholic society and understanding of the beauty and everything. I mean, that's what we need. One of my we favorite Dostoevsky quotes, he said, uh, beauty is a war. Christ and Satan are fighting there and the battlefield is the heart of man. Yep. That's beautiful. That's what it is. It's it's the heart of man is looking for something beautiful. He's he's looking for something eternal. Yep. Uh, the heart of, of mankind, they're, they're, we're looking for God. We're looking for... Um, and we're looking for Christ, who is the most beautiful. And, and Soloviev has my um, my favorite definition of beauty. He says it's it's the instantiation of the divine. And so, if it's it's the instantiation of, of an idea, something that's more noble, more close to God, and when it becomes materialized, it becomes beautiful. The idea on its own isn't beautiful in itself until it gets put into reality. It becomes material, right? Yep. He talks about the diamond, and that. You know, diamond on itself is just a collection of carbon. It's, it's, you know, not much different than coal. But you don't give your, you know, 
your fiance a, a lump of coal, you give her a, a beautiful diamond engagement ring. Why is that? Well, you could either say it's something inherent in the in the diamond, or you just say, well, it's in the eye of the beholder garbage. Solovia says no. The diamond reflects light. It's 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 insanely hard. Or it's it's unbreakable. It's unbreakable and it sh- shines forth light. And what is that supposed to show? The love that the man has for the woman and, and in solidifying that in giving the engagement ring. And that's why that's beautiful and not coal, which you can use to heat up stuff. Diamond is, is something permanent. It's something that reflects light. It's, in, it's embodying an idea in its very material. So what is the most beautiful thing that's ever existed? Jesus Christ, because he is the perfect embodiment of the highest idea, which is God himself. God himself becoming man and becoming flesh. And so what we're searching for is the image of Christ. And in that, and in and of his his mother, Mary. Um, and so when that captures the heart of man, then that's when the preacher has done an effective job is capturing the heart of man with the beauty of Christ and with the beauty of Mary and and bringing them to see that they can participate in that beauty, in that beautiful life. That's why the lives of the saints are so powerful is because they show you what a beautiful life looks like, what a beautifully lived life is. And, and, and the, the people who are, you know, on the opposite, you know, totally worldly and, and evil and whatever else, you just see there's such an ugliness attached to that. And, and people want that beauty. They want the sacraments. They want Christ. And we, we as the church, we have to bring that to them. We have to bring that to them. Uh, and our hearts are restless till they rest in Christ, you know, That's and true. rest in him. Yep. Wow. Kellen and Alex we covered show. a lot, baby. Kellen All right. So we're back in person. Kieran Federoff, do you want to sign us off sign us for off, tonight's podcast? Boy. Maybe maybe uh, say where people can find us social media-wise as well. All right, everybody. So you can find the Kellen and Alex show live on Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, and I think we're trying to start a sub-discord at some point, so keep your eyes open for that. Also, social media giveaway. There'll be details for that within the next two days, but please keep your ears and eyes to your... Instagram and Facebook pages, and be sure to tell your friends about the Kellen and Alex show live on Thursdays every day, unless something unforeseeable happens like one of them dies from Corona. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Gates will inject us with his vaccines at some point, but uh, (laughs) hey, thank you, Carrie, for that. And that's going to wrap us up. Kellen and Alex show, your guiding light in these dark times. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I hope you have a great night.